You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 94 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler. I'm here with everybody. Yay, we're all here. We're all here. Or am I? Nope. What if I, what if I just disconnected you from the call right then? <laughs> <laughs> or are you out? No Wrecked. So, yeah. Uh, I'm back, barely. I missed Yay. a week, which happens. Uh, to talk about more Infernal stuff. But before that, we have to talk about news. Um, Jaden, you've got something from the community calendar, right? Yeah, so we're going to start announcing all of the things that get put on the community calendar. This was a slow week because <laughs> I didn't publish it in the Facebook pages four times. But we did get the Colorado Store Wars, which is happening on November 2nd at 9 a.m. Uh, in Boulder, Colorado. So check that out. Although I feel like that's a fairly local thing if you showed up from out of state you'd be kind of like stealing the trope do it yeah, it is a five-man team event a wtc style team event so if you want if you've got like an atc team and you want to practice round that seems like a real good place to do it um but yeah it looks really you cool do. it's on the community calendar page you can check it out there you do the same thing in dallas for having a dtc and sometime <laughs> eventually well when is it brett <laughs> it's some high, highly effective news <laughs> Get your looking... TO to put it on the tournament calendar. Uh, 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 okay, well, there's also the Lone Star Gaming Expo, September 6th or 8th. Yeah, that's on the calendar already. I put all the Warfare Weekend qualifiers on there. That was like five hours of my life that I'm never getting back. <laughs> yep. Yep, seems good. There's Attack X. There's Attack X. Attack X is the thing. That's Chandler September. And I are both going to be at that. Uh, 13th, I think. I just got my just got my flight for it. Uh, 13th, 14th, 15th yeah. in Kamloops, Canada. Woo. Okay, and then uh, right after that is DTT, September 21st cool. at, in Arlington, Texas. Okay, well, that's not on the community calendar, so whoever's in charge of that, send me the information, please. They're super organized. It only got delayed like once or twice. <clears throat> Seems solid. Seems pretty good. Is there any other news stuff we can really think of? Oh, uh, I am putting all of the releases as we get their release dates on the community calendar, too. So if you go and look in September, there's three waves of releases. And if you click on them, it tells you what's coming out and how much the MSRP is. So, Sick. yep. Useful. You don't have to go dig through the photos of the infertile section or whatever to find yeah. where people have posted those. It's all in one place. Yep. Seems solid. Uh, so this is the first week, I believe, that we're wanting to uh, talk about patron lists, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so the idea for you know we've, I think we mentioned it once or twice in the past, but uh, we want just want to start doing a thing where basically uh, people who support us on Patreon can send us lists or list pairs or whatever, and uh, give us a little bit of context about them. Send us the lists, and uh, we can just talk about them a little bit, which yep. seems good. Uh, so one of the ways that we're receiving those submissions is through Discord. It's a very easy way to do it. Um, 
and I think we're going to be looking at a Crooks pair since that's that's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> it was a couple of Crooks pairs. Yeah. Uh, so the one that uh, that I, I think we're going to be looking at is uh, from Dead Man on the Discord. Uh, he has a Dark Host and Black Industries pairing. Dark Host is Gorshade 2, Gorshade the Cursed, uh, running a Desecrator and two Night Wretches. Mm-hmm. He has Bane Lord Tartarus, because that's a free option. Uh, Dara Graith, Alish, Garrity the Occultist, Machine Wraith, two sets of three Scrap Thralls, uh, which is a unique thing you will see with Gorshade 2 and nobody mm-hmm. else. <laughs> Uh, Max Bane Riders, uh, min unit of Bane Warriors, two min units of Bane Warriors, both with officers and standards, and then a Wraith engine. Uh, so the clear function of the Scrap Thralls is to turn into Banes. Yep. Right? Because that's what Gorshade's feet does. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that up. The other list, just to kind of go over overall what we're looking at, is a Black Industries Wraith Witch Denegra, the Stenegra, Denegra 2. Tongue twisters. Uh, <laughs> Deathjack, Erebus, Two Night Wretches, three Slayers, a Hellslinger Phantom, a Pistol Wraith, Black Ogre and Ironmongers, Unit of Cephalix Overlords, and Min Mechanithals with three Brute Thralls. Wow, she seems super fun now with Oblivion lists. Yeah, yes. she can just do whatever she wants and whatever well, theme she wants. Yeah, right. You 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 wanted her with a bunch of jacks, but like all jack themes were very restrictive, kind of. Uh, yeah, but... that Min Mech Thrall with three Brute Thralls <laughs> seems amazing. Yeah, right, because they also have Ambush in this theme, right? Yep. 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 Yeah, they sure. All right. Um, so he meant he kindly mentioned <laughs> what he was uh, building this pairing for, which we requested and is very useful, especially since he's talking specifically about scrambles at Warfare Weekend and talking about having a nice pairing for them. Uh, scrambles are usually one list, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Although so, we don't know what they're going to be like this year, because that's true. That's true. It might be different, but uh, definitely, definitely something you should be aware of. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he mentioned that uh, his two primary opponents are generally running a Crucible Guard Baldwin uh, Lock pair, and then um, uh, Legion of Everblight Lilith three in Ravens and Callus one in Primal Terrors. It's kind of kind of generally what he's looking at here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Gorshade, I'm gonna glance over him a little bit because he happens to be one of those casters I have not seen much of. Brett, you said you've yeah. seen him a little bit. So, so what Gorshay does is um, he tries to take out heavies with Banes uh, using Abyssal Gate, and then he just he just fucking clocks your opponent because he sits back and do not, does nothing. He sends in his thirty Banes, they kill some stuff. Your opponents kill them. You bring them all back, and you just do it again. <laughs> Seems yep. good. Um, so to that end, um, he has Hex Blast. So I would. I would instead of trying to defend individual banes, I would try and just jam as many bodies on the board as possible. So drop Dara, drop Eilish, uh, drop the maybe drop the Bane Riders. I don't know. Um, yeah. Bane Riders are pretty cool. Um, That's true because like Dara Graith in a sense right here is like trying to get the most out of the banes you have, right? But yeah. I think another, in, in another this particular style, yeah, just just sheer quantities. Yeah, I'm I'm also uh, so I think taking Eilish out is probably fine because it seems like the primary thing he does in this list is upkeep removal and or puppet master but you've got upkeep removal on your caster this is clearly a place where the hermit should go I think <laughs> yeah because Banes don't hit hard enough well it can keep the wraith engine alive which is actually relevant That's... and uh, telemetry with Gorshade is actually not the worst thing in the whole universe That's super good. yeah um, 
and oh, actually I, no, oh, it I, keeps Tartarus alive. That's what it does. Yeah. Uh, and the Bane Riders are totally worth it because he can give them Mirage. And, and assuming this theme still puts out clouds, um, you can stick them. You put one guy way out front and try and get vengeance. And if they don't, you just Mirage into the clouds and charge through it. It's really good. Yeah, that yeah. seems good. So dropping Alish for the Hermit and then dropping Dara for another some number of Banes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the battle group? Uh, um, it's been 28 points, that's for sure. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. So it's it's basically like the the two lights are their arc nodes right that's what yeah. that's what they've also got here. relatively good guns for what they are yes yeah they're yeah, like yeah. rat five aoe three if you spend a focus in pow 14 which is yeah. not bad at all mm-hmm. yeah i thought i've actually played around with the idea of using them with like uh, hearts of darkness or never nonsense just because they uh they can do some damage if they're you know given an extra free focus every turn turns yep. out um, turns out things like that Desecrator is totally appropriate. He has recognized that um, he doesn't have any spot removal whatsoever. Um, I think another yeah. appropriate choice would be an Inflictor, um, just as a field guard. I do like that that idea, actually. The Inflictors are really, really good. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think, you could, like, is the Inflictor for, what, Gorshade, or is it for Tartarus, or is it for what? It's for your battle group's not going to be doing much in this list. Mm. I think it. I think I like the the hair the desecrator in that case. Yeah. To be honest. So. Yeah. Probably. Um. That being said, in a one list format, I would totally play Denegra too. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Let's talk about that list real quick. I guess for one, for one thing, Denegra two um, massively rewards skill. So putting putting time in with her is very well rewarded. Um, it yes. also means in a one list format, if you do get stuck into something that you're not good into, um, she can just do some silly shit and win. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I also really enjoy getting to play Death Jack with mm-hmm. her because he can cast Hellmouth, which is disgusting. Yep. Uh, uh, can you fit the um, the Soul Cage mini rack in this theme force? Is that a thing that's allowed? No idea. Um, Hellmouth doesn't get around Cal's feet, right? Uh, they fi- they fix so. it, so it, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, uh, RFP doesn't affect it. Yeah, or it doesn't it doesn't screw with it? Uh, which well, is, it was still uh, undisabled, right? Second, uh, Cal's n- feet is such a weird time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a disabled. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can take a. Uh, well, no, you can take Soul Trappers. I would assume you could take. If you can take Soul no, Misery take soul Cages, trappers. was there, right? Yeah, yeah. no. You can take yeah, Soul Trappers, right. but not the Misery Cage. Um, what do you think about, um, I don't know. I just really feel like she wants an extra focus somewhere. Although I'm a, I'm a gigantic proponent of how mouthing twice or three times if you can. So you know that you can take, uh, what are they called? <laughs> Wither Shadow Combine? No, the freaking um, or Witch Sirens. Thank you. Oh, that's not a bad thought. Yeah, because then he just cast them off by himself. <laughs> that's true. Just fill them to five. I don't um, know exactly what you drop to get that, though. So I think I think he has actually too many units. I think he's too worried about the new scenarios. Um, I think I think having the Ironmongers and Denny usually just runs up in the middle anyways, um, and then the one one ambush unit is perfectly fine. So so drop the maybe drop the overlords. Yeah, they are really good, but 
I think. Yeah, getting those because that's that's the cost of, I believe, two Warwitch Sirens. And, yes. Um, you're basically making it so instead of like two solos, three units, you have four solos, two units, which you, it's a similar layout. Um, to be honest, there's so many flags on scenarios now that I think that's a better. A yeah, better it's better of... for bunker for sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And like, about, well, and, and like putting a stalker in. Oh yeah, actually, I really do like that idea. Stalkers are disgusting. How many points are stalkers? They're they're, they're nine, I think. Nine. Two less than a slayer. They're eight. Oh, so you get you get so soul you could, trappers you, then too. Yeah, you could do that, or I don't know if Erebus has a specific purpose here. I, uh, I was going to ask about him next, but if he was two like stalkers, that sounds or, pretty. I guess two stalkers. Yeah. Um, so what Erebus has is overtake. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at him, just being sure because yeah. I was thinking he was that guy. It, uh, and I mean, had, like the, the fact the that bond is... with uh, freaking Demegra. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, really? I thought he was with Terminus. No, he's with Scavers. Scavers is Scavers. Right. Scavers, yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. I don't think we want Charybdis, although I do like Charybdis. No, Malice is interesting because of the feet, and um, I, I just like Malice a lot. <laughs> I think she has enough threat range that she doesn't want to bother with a Reaper. Yeah, but, probably not. Um, God, it's been so long since I played against Jenny too. I forget what's usually in her list. Yeah. Well, it's been just viable, completely variable for the yeah. last couple of years, right? I so I think if I was building for pure efficiency, like just if I was building this list based on the style that I would go for, I would probably do what we were saying: drop the overlords for the two orbs sirens, and then I would probably drop Erebus for two stalkers. Personally, that seems like um, a reasonable thing. It, like overtakes great, but this is like a, this is a Hellmouth caster for one, <laughs> <laughs> with with a jack that can cast Hellmouth. Like you can, you, dudes will be dead, man. Like so, I, right. I feel and like the, uh, the Warwitch sirens also have sprays. And yeah, so so like you're looking at two stalkers as well, a much more kind of spot mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Hellslinger. <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah, you you have like it's like almost too much infantry hate um, in yeah. a way. Like it's 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 a lot. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think there's certain matchups where maybe having that much is is the correct choice. Um, the other thing is that he did mention just for the sake of like just because we mentioned the the um the sprays on the Warwitch Sirens. I believe those are Venom sprays. They are Venom sprays. Uh, so they're not very good against Crucible Guard. <laughs> um, so specifically because he mentioned he's playing against Crucible Guard. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, it, it kind of it comes down to like who who you're dropping one into, right? Which the part of the thing I think is that I don't know that. So like the, um, the core shade list, it kind of depend, but I feel like I wouldn't. <sighs> It's kind of an interesting list check anything with Baldwin and Locke because I feel like I'd kind of like Gorshade 2 into Locke, but mm-hmm. not into Baldwin. Yeah. Oh, God, no. And kind of vice versa with the other list. Um, um, yeah. Because so well, like, if you can take out the the jack that sprays um, get rid of Incorporeal and the mm-hmm. Baldwin and the yeah, the Locke list, if they've got one. They yeah. have a jack that does that? Yes. Oh, it's just that one shot. Oh, maybe it is one shot. I, I think it's just a one. Guard gets to do whatever they want. They probably have a. There's a spray for that. In Guard. <laughs> uh, so, I, I'd have to look. I don't for that. Jack I'm looking right now. But... So the Vindicator models hit by this attack, losing corporeal. It's one shot. Okay, so, but, but when it's when all you have is a wraith engine. <laughs> uh, does Locke usually run Vindicators? No. Uh, well, I was thinking about the the Denegra list because yeah, everything gets corporeal, right? Oh, sh- sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's I'd cool. really like. 
if Locke feats and you respond by just being with the Negra and running through her crap and like not giving her any tokens. It's one of my favorite pretty things. Good. It's one of my yeah. favorite things with the Negra that so many people forget to do. It's just feet just run to the other side of their army. And a lot of the time it's like, what do I do if my army is pointed the wrong direction? <laughs> I mean, Pagani yeah, said it best. Yeah. You just run it at the other side of the table and turn around. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just switch sides. Now. <laughs> I've, yeah, seen, but... I've seen a lot of uh, bronze level Starcraft games that play out exactly <laughs> that way. I cannon rush you. Okay, I'll attack your base. We'll base I mean, Okay, well... now I'm going to build on your base. Yep, yeah, I've seen that too many times. Yeah. Overall, I like it. Like, I think this this pair looks really, really fun. There's just there's definitely little things that are probably, I so I think that the 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 outright things that I'm kind of like I'm not sure why this is the case. I'm not sure why Alish one is in the Gorshade list because I yeah. fucking love him. And right, he's like the thing is, is that Alish one is just really nice to have wherever. So it's, it's not like I'm like faulting anyone for taking him in a list. I just don't right. know. Like I like I feel like that's five points that could go towards something else. Like um, the hermit. Like, <laughs> like the hermit or like if you were to drop Derek Alish uh machine right like how many are Bane Warriors let me just glance at them super They're quick. 1050 right, yeah, I know the I know the point cost. Are they what's their FA? Three. Uh three, three I think. You have a third unit of Bane Warriors for that. You'd have a point yeah. left over. That's true. Um uh, third mini unit with officer. By the way, I really love if you could cram a reroll into that Denny two list. Um just because now yeah. you can uh, because heck, because Hellmouth is that important. That's Alternatively, true. telemetry. <laughs> you seem to have an agenda, sir. I mean, not really. I'm just. I'm sitting here. I keep trying today. to. T- I keep trying to tell people I don't think the hermit's going to be seen as much as people think. And Jaden's like, put the hermit in your list. Everybody <laughs> play the hermit. Like it's like we have a bet or something. Okay, so here's the thing. Like I want me. everybody to play the hermit because I'm going to put Tunglick in both of my Grimkin list of seconds <laughs> and just jump him and eat him every game. It's going to be glorious. Go. Um, <laughs> he makes the. Uh, he makes the sound that Yoshi does. Gollum. Gollum. <laughs> um, this is completely irrelevant. But uh, I want I want all the circle players who bought um, a phantasm token to send it to me. I want them as a trophy. I'm so sorry that you don't get <laughs> your circle phantasm token. You want to make a you want to make, make a uh, make like a jersey that's like completely yeah. <laughs> like out of out of phantasm tokens. Circle perfect. Tokens. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Well, yeah. Thank, thanks so much for sending us uh, this this particular list pair. We're not like the most experienced people in the world with crick specifically but i think like i i definitely have like some little i can see how i would like tweak yeah so kind of my my style give give us some feedback on our feedback is this the kind of thing you want where we kind of talk about the format talk about what we like about the list talk about how to how we tweak the points around or do you want do you guys want something else Uh, we should also probably just touch briefly on what we drop into legion because we completely didn't oh yeah Uh, (laughs) i forget legion exists well, you shouldn't because they do. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so you're going to have, let's see, you've got Lilith 3. I mean, you're dropping. Hey, you know what sounds really good? <laughs> a shield guard. <laughs> <laughs> a shield, yeah, a shield guard. Uh, yeah. I kind of feel like you dropped any two. I think so too. Because, like, if you can get, if you can expend some resources and get Amok. Your feet's pretty Does, good in the primal terrors. Is Gorshade uh, two v Callus one just the most nobody's having a good time <laughs> match ever? No, I, think, I think I'm way favored for Gorshade two. Thanks. So. Thanks. So. Uh, wait, 
it's primal terror oh no no uh no he's gonna have a bunch of ravens ravens are bad for you right it's like i just feel like it's like okay i'm gonna kill a bunch of your army okay i'll bring back my army i'm gonna kill <laughs> right, your gonna army be... it turns All into right. another army <laughs> okay now <laughs> that one's gonna kill a bunch of my army <laughs> like it's just like uh. <laughs> well, so yeah play core shade two and hope your opponent clocks yeah right just be like <laughs> I'm, i hope hope i'm faster than you yeah yeah fair enough Yep, yep, yep. I mean, you might like you might be able to make it depending on what the style of the Gort of the like Callus One list is. You might be able to make a like argument that Denny Two can just can just hellmouth a lot of stuff. <laughs> but um, and we'll and like do a random question. Do um, the little what the hell are they? The little the incubi. Do they have magic weapons? No, no. That's something. Like, or at least they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, be, I, no. I was gonna say it'd be very odd if they did, but you never I feel know. like no, they definitely don't. Yeah, this pairing, uh, I would, I would drop a three into this. Yeah, probably. I think she's probably the better one, and I think what you do is you try you very, very hard. Denny to keep... too. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, like you, you try very, very hard to keep Denny safe somehow, and I think you're fine if Denny's okay. <laughs> yeah, because like all <laughs> like, of if your you can keep her alive, I think. Yeah, he's not really going to shoot you down. You've got two, um, like your your pistol race and your Hellslinger Phantom require him to use the Naga. If the Naga or any other important piece wanders too close to the edge, the Brute Thrall package just murders it into oblivion. Yeah, yeah. I, like I think I think that's what you do is you you're probably dropping Denny too into into that whole Legion pair and just trying to keep Denny alive into Lilith. Yeah, hey, which seven, is the process. Seven right? camping is definitely a strategy. It's a thing. <laughs> Well, and she can go in Corporeal too on the turn where you're like, I might die here because he can only hand out Wraithbane like twice. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yep. So, it's yep. a thing. Very cool. Also, hold on. Can Incorporeal models be stationary? I think I so. Okay. So, yeah. I can't. I can never remember I which think, things. I believe they, they just can can't be. be affected. I believe they just can't be affected by continuous effects. So All right. Like or acid. That's cool. Yep. Okay. Anyway, we should go on to what we're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's gonna take a while because all we got through last time was casters. And a lot of rules, but still. Jaden made fun of us. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's like, is that all you guys got through? It's like, well, there's a lot of core rules to talk about. Uh, so we're continuing to talk about Infernals, going through just the models, what they are, a little bit about what they do, trying to give them some context. So if you're either planning on playing them or playing against them, you can have at least some some taste in your mind. So you've, you've been... You've been touched by the knowledge at least once. Uh, what just happened? <laughs> I'm an inf- I'm an Infernals player now, man. That's how I have to talk. <laughs> That's how you talk. Yep. Gosh. Yep. It's all it's all it's all tendrils and weird shit now. Sorry. Uh, so we're gonna start by talking about their Warjacks. If you read War Room. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we already mentioned, I believe, uh, Infernals do not use jacks or beasts. These horrors. Um, people have a tendency to refer to them as beasts because uh, I think I this. Mean... Is the- it's the easiest like corollary we have. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, they kind of run more like monstrosities in a lot of respects. And it's like they have they have a focus pool that they keep kind of turn by turn. But and they're like a living, not beast model. But at the end of the day, it's a totally different thing. Um to be honest, aside from the summoning mechanic, they're way simpler than like yeah. anything else. Like they're they're very actually really I've quite like one of my favorite things about this faction is not having to deal with columns. <laughs> like I have to remind people usually a lot that they don't have to roll columns because that's every jack or beast or anything in the game. You have to roll columns, right? When you attack it. 
Um, but not having to track that in a war room, their health is really just a like I know it's a stupid web thing, but it's really just a straight line. You yep. know, just you just note where the things break, basically. <laughs> and, yep. and because they have to heal that way too. So it's you're just like, yeah. eh. it's it's they're like they're a like giant battle engines. Yeah, they're like battle break. engines. Their, their health is a lot like battle engine. Yeah. Uh anyway, so I'm gonna go from the just the top of the list of these guys and talk a bit about them. So the first one on the list is the desolator, because he's the highest one in the alphabet. Also uh, the one that you're gonna see summoned the most. Yeah, I think this is like for me in in my games he is the he is the round one summon like every time yeah uh pretty much um well, there's no reason not to there's no reason so the only reason i would ever summon a tormentor first is if i don't already have one like if i have literally run like no heavies sure. <laughs> in my list which like with agathon i'm thinking about doing like triple lamenter triple foreboder and stuff like that where it's just like i'll just summon my heavies as i go yeah. um but typically speaking, like especially because the Desolator... So I'll go over his card real quick. He's speed 5, uh, which is common. <laughs> he's mat 6, rat 6, which is awesome. Uh, he's def 11, armor 19. He has assault, eyeless sight, immunity to corrosion, and soul... Ugh, soulless. Sorry, I have hiccups all of a sudden. Uh, he he's has... also steady, which is random, really relevant. Yes, I've had that come up a lot. I always love when people are I'm like, I have to explain to you the multiple reasons why you can't knock this model. <laughs> First it's this, then it's Hawk, then it's, it's something it's, else. Yeah. Always, it's always this mess of things. Uh, so he has two sprays. They're spray eight, pow ten, uh, and they're called black bile. Uh, they cause continuous corrosion, which is amazing. Uh, they are corrosion typed and they are magic weapons like everything else in Infernals. Um and then he has two range one PS 14 magical claws, which I wish these were open fists. I always think they are because they're like big hands coming out of the top of his head, but they're not. <laughs> okay. But let's be real. This thing is already so good. That no, he's already really, fists. really good. There's not really a reason for him to have open fists, but I always just think they are. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're definitely not. Uh, we failed to mention the important part of the sprays, which is that they debuff armor by two. Yes. So he's essence four, and then I'll flip over to the back. Uh, so yeah, withering death is a rule on the black bile sprays, which is a model hit by this weapon suffers minus two armor for one turn unless it has immunity corrosion. This is on hit, so it applies to your damage roll. So unless you're attacking something that's immune to corrosion, which can't be damaged by the spray anyway, uh, the spray is always pow twelve. Mm -hmm. It's it's base ten, but it is if it is dealing damage, it is pow twelve because <laughs> that's yeah, uh, which is pretty good and also of course that minus two armor is going to apply to anything else that that uh, you go into it with it has steady as we mentioned and then it's kind of passive rule that you get uh for just kind of bringing it onto the table is anathema which is another part of the reason why you tend to want to summon this thing because this is the only one who has a special rule that is directly related to being summoned um it's well, like, OK, foreboders do, but it's a nerf <laughs> anyway. Uh, when this when this model is summoned, center a four inch AOE cloud effect on it. Enemy models entering or entering their activation in the AOE suffer one point of corrosion damage. The AOE remains in play for one round. So typically when I'm summoning this on round one, if I'm going this is usually if I'm going second or if I'm fighting against a list that has like some extreme threat or like an AD unit that threatens really, really far. I'll often try to use any kind of line of sight blocking terrain I have and summon that first desolator so that that cloud drops to make a wider line of sight block. Yep. And yeah, then, like the thing it, I've been seeing a lot of is like put the cloud where you want it, run Saxon to there, pop mm -hmm. Saxon's little butt, get a desolator. Yep. And then it uh, gets to activate, loses combat action, but it just walks 
backwards out of the cloud. Um, the other thing, and this is a big thing, this is especially with all my demos, I do this really consistently, is placing, is basically tell, uh, uh, summoning that Desolator in a very aggressive position, in a safe position, but a very aggressive one, uh, because this thing is very good at getting these souls for Amadeus rolling really fast. Uh, because as we mentioned in the last cast, he gets the souls of everything that his horrors kill, including with ranged attacks. And we've got a guy with two sprays that are at six and very, very good at killing infantry. And ancillary attack. And faction. you have access to ancillary attack, yeah, which I've definitely, definitely used. Um, so a lot of the time I'll place this thing very aggressively in a position that's like literally your infantry cannot avoid getting sprayed by this thing. So I'm going to get like three to six souls, depending on how much you want to really give me right now. Um, and it lets you threaten like remarkably far up the table very, very quickly. Because with uh, the gate, it threats what? 20 inches with the sprays? Uh, if it wants to assault. Um, yeah. It's, let me think. Sorry. It, it's seven and nine, 10. So it's 18 and then 20 if you feed, which typically yeah, I won't do that turn two. But um, so, yeah, if you assault, usually I try to walk it because <laughs> getting two sprays is a lot better than one. But um, yeah, it lets you threaten. So, like, I've, I've been able to play some really aggressively to be like, your well of Orbros is dying. <laughs> like there's nothing you can do about it because it's not going anywhere. Uh, and I've placed my heavy this far up the table. I really, really like desecrators when infernals were coming out. I thought they were going to be like the staple. Uh, I realized quickly they, they are more of a support piece. They don't hit terribly hard. If you hit with your assault, like it's PS 16, you can buff it beyond that. So you can get them to a decent value eventually, but it's not like the tormentor where you're starting out at 17. Right. Um, you have to hit with an assault spray, which is iffy in its own right sometimes. And, uh, yeah. However, let me tell you, if you send a desolator and then a tormentor into a colossal, it's sure dead. <laughs> it yeah, pretty much a lot of damage. Uh, so desolators, I should note are 14 points. Um, this is two points more than a tormentor. One of the, like infernals have a really interesting relationship with point values on horrors. Cause you kind of have to, you have to decide what your like efficiency in list creation is. And it's part of why Desolators, I think, are going to tend to get summoned round one rather than ever bought. Because generally, when you're buying a Desolator, you're probably better off just buying a Tormentor uh, and summoning that Desolator in the first round. Because generally, unless you're really, unless you're fighting something really fast and you go second, uh, like really fast, uh, which with like the changes where we're losing, you know, plus two inch deployments and things like that is much less common. Um, The first heavy you summon is sort of free you're not really losing anything by doing it most of the time. So you really get like desolator is kind of the most bang for your buck (laughs) point. Yes. Having a consistent armor debuff the entire game is just so good. So like usually with Omodama, like Zadaroth, I tend to play them a little bit more cagey, even though good Lord, those things with Warpath plus black spot is just wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Walk up, spray, spray again, Warpath up, spray, spray again. Your unit's gone. Sorry. Um, they, uh, with Amadeus, usually it's, I'll place that one aggressively. And then if I'm somehow able to keep it safe after it moves up and sprays stuff, then I'll summon a tormentor. But if I'm not, I'll usually summon the second desolator, uh, so that I have it ready to armor debuff thing. And I start with two tormentors in the first place. And then it's just tormentors for the rest of the game because they're real good. They're real. Okay. Uh, the next one down on the list is the foreboder. Um, foreboder is a lesser. Uh, he's speed six. He's map five. He's def 13 armor 10. He's very good at getting one shot by things. 
Yes, he is. He's very good at it. He has Isle of Sight, Flight, and Solace, which are great. And he has a range one, power strength nine, magical chain weapon called Tendrils. Oh, it's a chain weapon. I did not it realize is a that. Ch- it is a chain weapon randomly. Um, so that PS9... <laughs> I don't know. You can buff them actually pretty high. Like you can get the damage to kind of right, remark- like, remarkably not terrible places if you really want to. So like you could hit a shield walled guy and kill it. Cause uh, like shield wall infantry are like base 14 usually. So go- going it's, dice right. off five instead of dice off yeah, nine is a big deal. He'll kill a temple flame guard or whatever. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. He's only essence one. So once you're past the first round, uh, you kind of have to feed these things every turn or they will disappear because they can't have more than one essence on them. Uh, So he has a rule called Channeler Controller. While this model is in its controller's control range, its controller can channel spells through it. They gave it the controller tag because people were summoning them with Ragna and then channeling through them with their main caster. Um, Yep. Uh, (laughs) It has a rule called Phase Shift. When this model is summoned, place it completely within three inches of the marked soul instead of replacing the marked soul, then remove the marked soul from play. And then psychostatic spells cannot be channeled through this model to turn to summon. This is just an effort to make it so that the threat ranges of infernals are slightly more predictable when it comes to spell assassinations. Um, yeah, which is good, but sad. Yeah, I mean, from any, let's say, speed six marked soul, uh, you were looking at like 12, 18, like a 20 inch movement <laughs> before turning it into a foreboder and being able to channel yeah. spells. Um, the problem is, is it's, I don't know. So it's point cost four. They put it, it, it put it in kind of an odd spot where you really can't ever like summon these and feel good about it. Um, admittedly, if you have a gate around, it's free. I mean, you pop your marked soul, but like it doesn't cost you any essence. So like if you really need an arc node, like bad for whatever reason, it's an option. Or something to transfer to. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, what these are is it's a, it's a channeler. If you feel like you need arc nodes, um, I often like to have one with Zadaroth. I haven't really felt a need to have more than that. It'd be nice to have two, but the, like at four points, like there's a lot of so you really like four points is is a vicious thing to ask for in Infernals because <laughs> like that's a Mark Soul solo typically. Mm-hmm. So it's always like fighting for space. So typically I'll run none with Omodemos, even though sometimes you can get breath corruptions in a pretty goofy places, but he does not have the essence to be doing that unless the game's going well already. Um Zadaroth, I'll bring one because you'll pop a, you know, black spot and or rebuke and then you're kind of done. Usually. Or Curse of Shadows. Or Curse. Uh, no, that's Agathon. It's Curse of Shadows. Um, oh, she's got Sighting Touch, right? Yeah, yeah she has Sighting Touch, yeah, which usually you don't need to arc. Um, usually. And then Agathon, I want to start the game with like three of them because that guy just the more of like a, a web of arc node you have, the better off you are with him, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But generally, you're not really going to summon one. The rule uh, psychostatic where they can't be like I don't know. I, I that was a, a late change to Infernals that I don't love it. I I understand a hundred percent not letting them be channeled through. I just feel like I wish they kind of got something else. But mm-hmm. eh, I mean they are what they are. You're gonna take them. Nobody's gonna be like, I'm not taking four boaters. You're gonna take them if you need a channeling model. Right. But boy do they die. <laughs> yes. Th- Thirteen ten with how many do they have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, one, two, three, four, like fourteen boxes. Yep. Armor 10 with 14 boxes is, is real bad. Yep. So they, they tend to die kind of instantly. Uh, the next one down is a model I already thought was great and then has just gotten better <laughs> the more I've played it is the Lamenter. 
I hate these things. This is like uh. this is like in the vicinity of my favorite light in the game. Like the more I've played them, the more I'm like, this is just the most trolly, obnoxious <laughs> little light. And they're wonderful. Uh, so Elementor is speed six. They're mat six, def 13, armor 14, which is definitely a big part of the weak point of this model. Uh, he's has Isla sight, which is great. He has flight for some reason. Wait, really? Why? He, they have flight. Yes. I, I don't know. They okay. float, I guess. Yeah. They don't have wings or anything. There's nothing about them that would imply that they fly. They absolutely fly. <laughs> um, that's I always there's there's two things that are surprising about this model. One, it has flight. Two, its weapons are range one. <laughs> right. It, this thing has the most like range two looking weapons you've ever seen on a light. They're huge, but he has range one. For, I think for balancing reasons, this thing did not need two inch reach on top of everything else. No, no, it does uh, not. Yeah, like I. I 100% am fine with, with it being what it is. But uh, its piercers are range 1, uh, PS13 magic weapons. It's essence 3, point cost 7, and has 18 boxes. So, uh, firstly, Lamenters have dodge. So when you miss them, they get a 2-inch advance uh, after the attack is resolved, and it can't be targeted by, by free strikes during the movement, uh, which is great when combined with soul parasites, Living non-soulless enemy models and enemy models with soul vessel suffer minus two to their attack rolls while within four inches of this model. So effectively what that boils down to is if you have a soul. Yep. Then you are then you have minus two to your attack rolls while you're within four inches of the lamenter. Yep. Uh I hate the nice thing. The nice thing about it being four is chain strike doesn't get around it. <laughs> um so if you happen to have a four-inch melee, it's still getting you. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the other thing it has is the piercers have critical paralysis, which is a rule I didn't realize they had initially, but I now bank on it quite a lot. Actually, I've been using it very consistently. Um, I've had them do things like rocket into warp wolves and boost their attack roll, and like they'll crit most of the time. Like if between two attacks, you get you get your your boosted attack roll on the charge, and then boosted attack roll on your second attack, and uh, you'll 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 get a crit a lot of the time. Yep. Um, and that's that's going to reduce a living model's base defense to five, and it cannot run charge or slam or trample. See, it's funny because my primary way of dealing with them lately has been assaulting them with clockatrices. Because, yep, 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 yep. Clockatrices get around all their nonsense. Yes, they do. It's been wonderful. Yep. So lamenters do have a tendency to die pretty quick if they're fighting against things that soul parasites doesn't work on. That said, they're still a pretty effective little combat light. Like they have a reasonable speed. Um, their defenses are pretty bad if you're not getting that bonus. Uh, but which is like, fine because yeah, you do but, it like eighty percent of the time, right? But like with Amadeus, you're looking at being able to get in there at like PS sixteen or more, depending on the other debuffs you've put out. Uh, they then they get pretty accurate. They're really great, just like little missiles with Zatara. So like with Amadeus, they're really really good at helping with the synergy chain and doing like spot damage and uh, kind of jamming and just being annoying. Zadaroth uh, combined mostly with the feet is why they're really good. Um, they never flipping die. I've ever. had these things stand in the middle of enemy armies for like three full rounds with Zadaroth because they get in there. A lot of the time I'm, I'm able to like, you can play some like things like behind walls or like just around weird things that make them hard to get to. Uh, and because of the amount of like between flight and the amount of tactician in the faction, you can often kind of bubble wrap them in things and make them really mm -hmm. annoying to approach. Uh, so that anything attacking your other infantry is getting that minus two. Uh, you stack that on top of like Orin two forcing rerolls on your attack rolls uh, while you're close to them, 
and then Zadaroth's feet gives you a three inch teleport and they have dodge and you definitely get both. <laughs> so if you miss a Lamenter, they have a five inch movement that ignores free strikes and three inches of it is a placement and they have flight. Yep. Uh, so like if you miss a Lamenter, they can just be all over the place They're Like I've had a single Lamenter move like five times on her feet turn and it gets dumb. Like they're all over the place and they can just make life very hard. Hi, I, I'm behind your caster now. Yeah. And like with a Zadaroth feet plus Lamenter, you've got your def 11 heavies are now like def 16 against things and steady and with the teleporter. Teleport things. Miss. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lamenters just combo really well with everything else in the faction. A lot of the faction is at a kind of defense where like plus two death makes them very solid. And Lamenter, you're able to kind of place out front. And Lamenter is a big part of actually why I've found with this faction more and more that I'm better off leading with horrors more than I am with infantry, which is a little bit backwards from from how most kind of generalist infantry plot like combined arms type lists work. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the time, my front wave is Lamenter's second wave is heavy's back wave is infantry. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it's been really, really nice. And the Lamenter enables a lot of that. Um, they're not like... They're not like the flashiest, craziest thing in the world, but they're very, very effective at what they do. Uh, sometimes you'll just have one get... I, I had Holt kill one on his own. With I mean, no, yeah. With no buffs at all. He rolled like boxcars and then an 11 on damage, but it was still like, boy, do they die when they get hit. But And they like they don't like guns for exactly that reason. You can stay out of that four inch really, really easily. Um However, heaven help you if he's like in a forest and you assault him or something. And it's like, okay, well, I have concealment and you have my studio attack roll. <laughs> Good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love Lamenters. They're super fun. Uh, I hate Lamenters. They suck to play against. Yeah. Uh, typically, <laughs> I don't, typically, I don't summon Lamenters. Um, I think even Regna probably doesn't summon Lamenters. But she will if a Shrieker has no function, really. Uh, so generally, however many Lamenters I want in the list, I bring with me at the start. Which Like I have two with Zadaroth, three with... Uh, uh, Amademos um, to help with his synergy chains. Uh, next one down is the Shrieker. So these guys are really, really good, just hard to have more than like one of. <laughs> yep. um, they're speed six, uh, rat six, def 13, armor 13. They have gunfighter and soulless. Their gun is a range 10, pow 13 magic weapon. Uh, they have three essence and they, they probably have 18 boxes. It's hard to count the web. Uh, point cost nine. So they are a little bit pricier. Uh, so they have True Sight. The reason they have True Sight and not Eyeless Sight like everything else is because they actually have a lot of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was literally the only reason, uh, which is unfortunate because True Sight is just worse. But it is fine. Um, it has Wailing. So while within five inches of this model, enemy models cannot give or receive orders and cannot cast spells. So this to is me, a really a, wonky rule for a gun. Right? It's a weird rule for them. It doesn't come up often, but I have used it. You just have to use them in kind of a weird way. Um, I have done things like drop one in the middle of a unit of Tharn Ravagers before and been like, they can't charge now. So enjoy that. Um, another one was one of the only ways my opponent could get back into the game would be to rage a wrestler and send it into Omodemos' Tormentor. Uh, but uh, I literally put a single shrieker that was base to base with both Jaga Jaga and the wrestler. And it was like, you have to kill it. But to do that, you have to use all your fury. Oops. <laughs> so you can't, cause you can't cast spells. Um, the big thing you kind of really take this model for though, is admonisher. Uh, this is a rule that I think is entirely in protectorate. I don't, I don't know if I've seen I it. I think anywhere that's correct. Else. Yeah. But it's it is just, leap. 
No, it's it's ashes to ashes. Is what it's, it's ashes to ashes. It's, yeah. it's, it's exactly how ashes to ashes works. Which is when an enemy model is directly hit by an attack with this weapon, the D3 nearest enemy models within four inches of the model hit suffer an unboostable POW 10 magical damage roll. And they are simultaneous, and they are not an attack. So uh, one shot from this guy basically generates, it's a little bit like lightning generator, is uh, the other rule that's similar. Is you, you get D3 jumps, basically, that are going to do POW 10s. Um, so he's a bit of an infantry clearer. He has gunfighters, so he can do it up close as well. Um, Shriekers, I've had one of them in lists occasionally. I think this is the go-to model that Regna summons. Mm-hmm. She can but summon she's light. not out yet, so... But she's not out yet, so it's, uh, I haven't used them a ton. Um, but yeah, once like once she's a thing, uh, I think you'll see one Shrieker in a lot of lists, maybe a second one with certain things. Like um, I kind of like Shriekers with Zadaroth, because with Black Spot, you can kill a lot of troops with them. Um like two admonisher shots each is a lot of work, but yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. Shriekers are cool. However, they die real quick. 13, 13 a, is not a good stat line. That's a that's, theme for this faction. It's typical. Yeah. So the heavies, I generally, I actually consider to be fairly durable given, like given their context, mm-hmm. but the, the lights are just like, boy, <laughs> two <laughs> couple, charge couple, you, of, couple of, yeah, a couple of good hits and they're just kind of gone. Uh, speaking of dying very fast, the Soul Stalker. Ah, yes. Yep. So Soul Stalker is probably, probably the coolest looking horror. Yes. This is a wild model. I'm actually really excited to paint mine. Um, they're speed seven. They're mat six. Def 13, armor 16. So imagine a warp wolf, but minus one to both defensive stats and less boxes. Um, they have Isla Sight, Pathfinder. Soulless and Stealth. Uh, it has two weapons, which are range one, pass strength 15, and range one, pass strength 13. That is Bite and Constrict in that mm-hmm. order. They're both magic weapons. Um, it is Essence 4, and uh, I'm going to actually count the health. One second. Three, I think it's got 26. That's what I think it is. It's like, 20, it's like 24 or something oh, like okay. that. it's pretty low yeah they, they're very very low so it has serpentine so it cannot make slam or trample power attacks and it cannot become knocked down so this means mm-hmm. all of the heavies are steady essentially uh baseline yeah uh, it has th- the main rule that i think is actually really good on the soul stalker is soul claiming mm-hmm. uh when a living enemy model is destroyed within four inches of this model while this model is in its controller's control range its controller gains the destroyed model soul token regardless of the proximity of other models so this is like the easiest form of soul collection available to the faction that is not caster specific uh you can just drop it into an area um you can summon one and have it walk seven inches <laughs> and then shoot stuff around it and you'll be able to collect those souls from it uh, yes. And then it also has Coil on its Constrict, which is this, the weaker of the two attacks. Uh, when this model directly hits a model with this weapon, this model's melee attacks against that model automatically hit for one turn, which is nice. I'm not going to yep. complain too much. It's the same that. thing that Arif's got. Yeah. Uh, and they are 13 points. So Soul Stalkers, there's been a lot of discussion about like basically whether this model is good or not. <laughs> um, and I think it can come a little bit down to kind of personal preference and play style on some level. Uh, some people really, really like them. Um, I've, I've talked to a number of people who like start the game with two of them. Wait, really? Yeah. As like the main part of the battle group. And they're like, oh yeah, no, they're really, really fast. You run up the table and they can really threaten things. And it's like, yeah, when they're PS 15, um, and you can buff that up. You can kind of work them up to reasonable levels. But I've, in my personal experience, I've usually found that soul stalker is usually 
not really threatening enough to be a major concern and dies easily enough that it's not really a big deal. Um, the only things where it's of note of like particular note is I will drop one if just by being there, it's going to pay for itself or more. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I've dropped one and put it into a spot where I knew I was going to get four or five, six souls from it. That was like firing into like black spotted winter guard infantry who like, boy, do they die fast? Um, the other places I might drop something like this is Agathon. I think we'll see them occasionally because he doesn't have a lot of great ways to get souls. He just has his one nuke, really. Yeah, and, like, and he like really wants souls. Too. And if he has souls, like, God save you. Uh, it's just madness. So, like, he's one who I, I think I will actually run them with. Plus, I think um, I think them with, like, his... Uh, the, like, like, the other thing that they do that is relevant that I need to kind of play around with more is the fact that they, they do threaten a lot further than the other heavies do. And the extra two inches is definitely a thing. Um, this is like with the gate, this is like a 16 inch charge threat with Omodemos. Um, yeah, it's, it's all over the plate and it's further with other casters. Um, so they're really interesting. I need to spend a lot more time with them. The other thing is that, uh, them on Zadaroth's feet is actually pretty obnoxious. Yeah, they're um, like def 18 most of the if, time. Yeah, if you, have, yeah, if you have a Lamenter nearby, they're going to be def 18. They're going to teleport away. You can't knock them down. You can't slam them. Like They've got like stealth. That. Yeah, they have st and they have stealth baseline. So they've got some really good things going for them. Um, I feel like this is just a piece I need to spend more time with and find where they work for me. Um, one guy was talking about in the Discord that he doesn't have Tormentors yet and he just has a couple of soul stalkers. So he's just been using those as his workhorse heavies and he says that they've been great. Interesting. So maybe what I need to do is just make myself use them a bunch, like just lean on them for a little bit. I mean, just yeah, to probably see, just to see how they go. Kind of. You've got really... scads of experimenting time at this point. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. And now my favorite, my my beautiful baby boy, the Tormentor. <laughs> I love this thing so much. They're so good. <laughs> um, Tormentor is this... speed five. He's mat seven, which is glorious. Um, he's def 11 armor 19. He has eyeless sight and solace. This is like the most simple one, but he's wonderful. Um, he has two crushing claws. These are range one pass rank 17. They are open fists and are magical. Uh, and he's essence four and he only costs 12 points, making him the cheapest of the heavies. So torment somebody who owns Ranadons and Gnarlhorn satyrs. This guy makes me slightly annoyed. Yeah, he's, he's wild. Uh, <laughs> so he has, he has counter charge to start, which, Countercharge is a neat rule. It's extra silly <laughs> with these things. And it's mostly because they have easy access to tactician. Mm -hmm. And countercharge with mass access to tactician is really annoying to work around. Yes. Countercharge on its own is not hard to work around. Countercharge with a lot of ability to move through your own models is very obnoxious because you can screen them and protect your own screen with them, which is mm -hmm. a weird process. And it's really fun when you're playing Omodemos and you actually get like three counter charges in a turn and they're all getting synergy, it's very silly. Anyway, uh, they have snacking, which I always forget, but it's really good because there's actually not a ton of RFP in Infernals. There is some uh, like Agathon. I mean, he has Hellmouth, which is like RFP for days, but there's not like an enormous amount of it. And snacking is like it's a really good way to RFP things, heals them up a little bit. Um, has a little bit of like a scornergy with like Omodemos. I don't really want to RFP things. I kind of want their souls, but um, yeah, uh, you it, don't have to. It's optional, right? No, you don't have to. It's totally optional. So it's kind of like 
you just have to decide if that's what you're going to do. Right? Like I've had to, I played against Morvana one and I actually wasn't snacking his things. Cause I was like, I actually kind of want the soul more than I want you to not have that guy back. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, he has steady and then he has chain attack, grab and smash. Uh, so he doesn't have anything particularly unique with any power attacks. So he doesn't have like hard head or anything like that, but he has an extra attack that usually it's a head, butt at strength 11. Um, but with like a cap synergy chain, it's like PS 14. So 16 with Desolator, 18 yeah. with Hermit. Yeah, you can get it to you can get it to good values. Um now once you've got all those things on there, you probably don't need the headbutt to kill whatever you're attacking. But uh yeah. So for a model that you're just summoning onto the table, these hit just very hard. I mean, Pestering 17 isn't amazing in and of itself, but when you have like even just like Omodemos with synergy, like Matt 10 PS20, it's great. For 12 points, I'll take these all day. Yeah, I mean, any caster with Desolator, it's just Matt 7 PS 19, which is, like, real good. It's just very, very reasonable, right? And yeah. and, and thing to note is, like, you have... Yeah, you generally don't want to buy your last attack, but if you do have Cultists nearby, especially, so you're able to load him up after he goes in, uh, he's basically, like, a Fury 4 war beast that charges for free. Yeah. Which is, like, a lot of attacks. <laughs> right, um, and especially because, like, if you're playing with Zadaroth, for instance, you can kill the thing, Warpath back, and then fill him up. And it's like, uh... Yep. Yeah. And a lot of, like, Tormentors, between, like, Countercharge and then, like, Zadaroth's feet, letting them teleport around if you miss them, things like that. Like, they get to weird places. They're kind of all over the place. Uh, these are just... I mean, they're, they're a very... This is, like, the workhorse that you're going to use all the time, and they're just real good. Like, you can't... You can't really go wrong just summoning another Tormentor, really. Yeah, they also look beastly as heck. Yeah, they're they're beefy. <laughs> they're they're big boys. Like they did a good job, even though the Desolator and the Tormentor are the exact same chassis, like down to being basically the same model. The Tormentor looks like a big beat stick, whereas the Desolator is much more insectoid and weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is all the horrors. Nice. We did good. The next thing on the list is structures. <laughs> it's battle engines and structures, but there's no battle engines. So right. there we go. Um, the infernal gate. Uh, so it is a structure, so it has a lot of things like speed zero and strength zero. It doesn't even speed zero; yeah. it just has speed dash. Because if I had speed, it could uh, sacrifice movement to eight. It actually says it's a zero, but it's That's because it really? yeah, but if it's because it's the the structure rules override oh, okay. that. Basically. Yeah, because it's a structure, it follows a different set of rules. Fair enough. Uh, it's rat six, which is fine. Um, it's defense five, armor nineteen. It has 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 boxes. So it's not the tankiest thing ever. It's reasonable, but it's not like super. It's it's about as, frankly, it's about as tanky, tanky as the heavies. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty much the same. Um, it's Command 12, which is somewhat relevant. Uh, it's a construct. It has Eyeless Sight, which is funny with everything else it has. Uh, its gun is a Spectral Flames. Range 12, AOE 4, POW 14. Rate of Fire 1. It's a magic weapon. It has a lot of rules. I'm going to talk about the gun first, just because I think this bit's funny. So it has Isle of Sight. It also has Ghost Shot. So this model ignores Line of Sight, Concealment, and Cover when making attacks with weapons. So Elevation is gone. Uh, this model ignores everything. Yep. Like, unless you have, a, like, a weird rule that's like, I can't be shot by guns or something. But Or you're like, Siege 2. Yeah, so, right. Like, yeah. Yeah, or you're weird and have, yeah. Um... Yeah, because he ignores line of sight, concealment, and cover. So that's a lot of things. And then it ignores stealth because of Isle of Sight. It, and that's the only thing that that didn't cover, really. So, Mm-mm. 
yeah, yeah. it ignores everything. That's I usually just try to explain. It ignores everything. <laughs> um, has rear attack, so it can shoot backwards because it doesn't really have a front, strictly speaking. It just has to have one because of the way Mark III rules work. Uh, and then it has reload one, so it can spend a soul token to make one additional ranged attack. So it can shoot its gun two times. It has forward deployment, which is pretty typical of structures, so it can deploy up to eight inches beyond your deployment zone. It has Infernal Portal, which is the first of the really big rules you bring it for. When a model summons a horrible within eight inches of this model, reduce the number of essence points the summoning model must spend by one. So your essence four heavies are able to summon for three essence and a marked soul. Mm-hmm. So this is the first of kind of the three main essence fixers uh, of the faction. Um, you just, it just takes a little bit of the load off of your caster. Uh, the last big thing he has is Soul Taker, Crypt of Souls. He gains, uh, it can gain soul tokens when a living model is destroyed in this model's, uh, oh, I'm dumb. I thought I had to collect from enemy models. It can totally collect, or from friendly models, it can totally collect from enemy models. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Reading our rules. Yep. Uh, So it gains souls when living models are destroyed in its 12-inch command range. Uh, At the start of each of your control phases, this model receives D3 soul tokens if it does not have any. And they're going to have up to five. So the things it can do with that, it can boost attacker damage rolls. So basically it can buy one shot and boost all its attack and damage rolls if it wishes to with souls. Um, it has Dark Abyss, which is uh, during your maintenance phase, you can remove up to three soul tokens from this model to return one destroyed small or medium-based friendly faction soulless grunt to play for each token removed. Uh, they return with one unmarked damage box. There's some rules about where they have to be exactly, and they forfeit their combat action that turn. Uh, and then they have Gate of Worlds. Once per turn, at any time during its activation, this model can spend one soul token to place a friendly faction model within five inches of this model, anywhere completely within two inches of its current location. Yep, that's a big, 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 big deal. It's effectively a free TK for one of your own models once per turn. Yeah. Um, I have had this model do absolutely nothing except TK a model every turn and reduce the cost of summoning every round. For 12 points, it's felt completely worth it. <laughs> um, if you get to shoot stuff and do work with it, that's just icing, really. Right. Honestly. Um, well, and it can do so many things, too, right? Like, you there's can a lot of ways you can build activate it, or you can, you, yeah. can, you can respawn dudes, and then you can kill your own cultists, and then you can shoot, and then you can kill another cultist, and then you can TK. It's like... Yeah, yeah it's got a lot going on. Um, I've only used the ability to return models to play once. It only works on your soulless models. Uh, however, I think that will change when we have howlers. Yeah, um, because they're, they're the big deal yeah, for that. Right. Um, I The only time I've ever brought back grievers is when I literally had nothing else to do with my souls. And I was like, I guess I'll bring back two grievers. Because <laughs> um, I have nothing else going on. Uh, but yeah, um, the only... If I have like one thing I don't love about the model is that if you go first the gun is very hard to apply to the game. <laughs> um, if you go second, it's actually in a really great spot. It, it's, it's typically threatening things, but a lot of the time going first, I have a hard time ever really shooting with it. I mean, I'll often just shoot and try to drift on stuff, but, but that's like, it's a fairly minor complaint because everything else it does is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the more I've played with it, like the, the additional two inch and, and the big thing is like there's a lot of actually threat extensions for horrors specifically, like every caster has something that increases the speed of horrors. There's not a lot for casters necessarily. So like in Omodemos's case, his feet plus the TK he threatens 14 inches instead of 12, which the difference between 12 inch and 14 inch threat is miles as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um, 
at that's least on very of, specific things like yeah t- typically yeah I mean, like in in most cases i feel like t- going from 12 to 14 is a huge deal um because you're kind of getting to where like 14 is kind of on that realm where even a lot of things that are innately fairly quick aren't threatening you anymore Star uh, raptors archangels yeah yeah, anything that's like speed seven, two inch melee, or like speed five with a two inch increase of some kind, you know, things like that. Things that are fairly common. Um, you're just you're out of those threat ranges and really like just breaking over twelve inch threat is a really big deal. And um the gate lets you do that. And so it's really, really good with Amadamos for that reason. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just a really good piece. And you can build around it in a lot of ways. Like once we have howlers, you'll have lists that are much more designed around recursion than they are around like TKing things as much, right? But it only costs you one soul to teleport things. So like it's it's a pretty minor like investment. Um yeah, there's a lot of just ways you can kind of work around a gate. They're they're super good. And they save you a lot of essence. I mean over the course of a full seven round game, if you summon every round, which uh, might happen. Nah, you won't summon round seven. There's not really a reason to. Um unless like yeah, well, you, you could control do a zone at that point, but control a zone, yeah. If there might be a, or I don't know, maybe you need that extra three quarters of an inch or whatever that you can or you get need something to transfer to, or yeah, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, it depends. But yeah, if if like if you do summon for seven rounds, it saved you seven essence just on its just by existing. So that's good in and of itself. Yep. And then everything else it does is great. Um, yeah, they're really, they're really, really solid. I, I've gotten to where they're, they're fairly auto include with all three of the main casters for me. Um, Hearts of Darkness, you have to be building a very specific kind of list to run them. Uh, I think you can do it, but it's, I think if you're doing that, it's pretty much entirely going to bank around uh, howler recursion in some way. You're yeah. finding a caster that makes that interesting somehow. Uh, so, yep, 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 yep. Now for the complicated section, solos. This is probably this is the longest section of of all of Infernals, I think. Indeed. Uh, however, some of these models kind of seen before, but I don't know. We'll see. So, the first one and the one that I just wish would release already, Alan Runewood, Lord of Ash. Bleh. This model is going to look so cool. Yes, he is. Like his armor is awesome, and I really want to see the rest of him. Uh, so, Runewood Two is home to one of the very few non-magical weapons in Infernals. Uh, speed six, mat seven, rat six, def 13, armor 14, because that armor really doesn't protect you very much, apparently. Uh, he's <laughs> he's command 10, which is very relevant on this guy. Yep. Uh, he has a hand cannon, which is range 12, pow 12, and it's not magical. And then he has an infernal blade, range two, pow strength 12. This one is magical. Uh, he's more likely to be using the hand cannon than anything else, but you, at the end of the day, he's a Mat 7 PS12 solo with a reasonable speed. He'll kill a thing. Yeah. This is this model is like one of their absolute like coup d'etats in terms of the marketing thing they pulled off to think make us think that they weren't existing yeah. characters. Because yeah. like, in my head, Mordecai Master of Arms is this wheezy little dude with yeah, a, that's, like a pistol. I, I was I was definitely thinking of a guy who sort of looked like the um, the trencher. Uh, I don't remember his name, but the the trencher character who just kind of is like standing there. I, I can't think of what his name is. Hitch? But he just yeah, I think so. He just kind of looks like a like really generic kind of I'm a lieutenant in an army kind of guy but i'm not really going to do anything effective <laughs> kind of right thing. yeah like nothing at all like runewood and then they were just like giant badass armor guy and i was like oh shit <laughs> this guy actually looks like a badass 
Like, what's going on with this? And then yep. he was like, he was such a controversial model in CID too. And then they came out with the fact that he was actually ruined wood. And it was like, yeah, he was, he was a fun process. So the, the, the fun gimmick with, um, with Runewood is that he has the opposite of battle plans essentially. Uh, so the big thing about battle plans and the reason those are really nice when they're, when they exist is they, they are generally do this at any time during your activation. It just automatically affects whatever it is that you select and it's neat. Uh, when those are offensive abilities, it's really good. It turns out. So, uh, he has curse horror. Uh, so remember his command is 10 and he speed six. So he has a 16 inch threat more. If you apply certain things, Choose an enemy model unit in this model's command range. Friendly horrors gain plus two to attack rolls against the chosen model slash unit. Melee and range, boys. Yeah. So one of the things about Infernals is that Infernals are a very, like, map six, seven kind of faction. There's not a lot of super accurate things unless you, like, outside of, like, Omodemos with full synergy. Mm-hmm. Um, Runewood really helps out, especially, like, Agathon, who has not no hit fix at all. And uh, Zadaroth, who she has black spot, but it's hard to apply, like costs a lot. Um, having that, and, and even with Omodemos, like, because I think Omodemos really wants this guy anyway, uh, he having that plus two to hit for your early on in your synergy chain is really nice. You don't have to worry so much about being like Matt Six or whatever when, when your Lamenters are going in. Um, yep. Yeah, it's it pretty good. It's pretty important in the mirror, too, because like if you're playing the Zadaroth yeah. off, if one of you's got Runewood alive and the other one doesn't, yeah. one of you guys' feet turns is way better than the other one. Yep. Yeah, I've actually I've had a few discussions about about the Infernal Mirror, about what masters to drop, and it's it's a really interesting. The answer is probably Agathon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's Agathon, right? <laughs> it's it's Agathon, and it's because he can carve out all the cultists and solos trivially, and yep. just watch your battle group dwindle, basically. Um. Anyway. Uh, so the next one, the best one, so good, is Shadow. The Shadow. Yep. Uh, choose an enemy model slash unit in this model's command range. If the enemy model slash unit advances during its activation, one friendly warrior model in this model's command range can immediately make a full advance. So, yep. Yep. Yeah, so you can do things like, there's, a, there's so many ways this can go. Um... The simplest, probably the easiest, is using it to protect your caster. So if your caster is in any danger of something walking up and shooting at it or charging him or whatever, you put it on whatever can threaten them. The thing is, is that the way this effect is worded, it doesn't matter if they kill Runewood. Once the effect is on the table, it's there for a round. Runewood's existence is, yeah. Well, actually, no, sorry. The warrior model has to be in his command range still to move. So actually, he does have to still be alive. He does have to be alive. However, he has reposition three in the theme. Yep. So it's going to be real far from everything. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, you can use it to like, oh, my demos can play very far forward. Alternatively, there's things like the fact that you can actually threaten very aggressively with this with casters like Omodemos, especially where he can really threaten the table. If you are in a position where if you move a key model, Omodemos can just walk five inches further towards you. That can be very, very bad. Uh, there's a lot of ways that this that this can apply. Um, the only thing that is is of note is that the movement from Shadow does not ignore free strikes. So, like, if you're like, hey, I'm going to get charged by that heavy, I'm going to Shadow it, you are going to eat a free strike from the heavy. Uh, but you will probably not die, so that's neat. <laughs> yeah, because you can transfer. Yes. Yeah, one, one attack is better than whatever that heavy was going to do to you. 
So, yeah. Uh, the other ability it has, which I think is much more situational, but probably pretty backbreaking when it comes up, is Valley of Woe. Choose an enemy warrior model slash unit in this model's command range. The enemy model slash unit loses Pathfinder and cannot gain it for a round. Yep. So that's that still time when so all the... much less bad than it was in CID. Holy smokes. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it used to be they just can't get orders. Yeah. <laughs> in, in CID, it was choose a unit. They can't give or receive orders for also. Is it is it target now or is it choose still? Uh, I. Th- think it reverted to choose i just switched away from the card to glance at something but um when you have things like let's say ravagers who like to hide in forests right um they're a lot slower when that forest they're hiding in is suddenly a problem for them yes and, and the important part about choose rather than target is you don't have to have line of sight to choose but i'm checking it. it says choose yeah so you don't have to have line of sight to that thing for it to work yes so, yeah, so the Ravagers that like to hide behind forests because they can see through them now cannot get through the forest very easily. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of stuff is really good when it applies. Um, and this one does last around even if he dies, right? Uh, yeah, it just says, yeah, they just can't get it for a round. So, yeah, that, that's one that um, that curse and Valley of Woe, you can get around him dying, so it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so th- like there's a lot of things that because especially the fact that it says they cannot gain it right that's actually i think one of the few places in the game where that exists yeah because we've seen remove pathfinder before like uh, on uh colgrim's feet but you can get it back yeah so even things like like this should affect like relentless charge yep um yeah uh many feats to give pathfinder um upkeeps whatever anything like that it just completely screws those over so like if the terrain is right like this is one of those ones that you probably aren't going to use it every game but keep an eye out for it because it might just kind of break people's back sometimes uh if you get it at the right moment so yeah yeah uh he also has intelligence you gain plus one to the starting roll, determining the order of deployment to play this is a very rare effect now and he has it it's not yep. in themes anymore. Uh, he's five points. Intelligence is probably worth like three of those points just in and of itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Much less everything else this guy does. He is also a marked soul. Um, this is a guy who I think you could pop for, for a horror in like the mid game at some point. There's going to be a point where the effects might not be the most useful. However, especially with castles like Omodemos, if you can take Shadow into the very late game... It's oh, yeah. kind of it's, it's just at like, the end of the world. It's like it's like late game perdition, right? Like you you can't do anything. Uh, pursuit. Pursuit. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then randomly, his melee weapon has grievous wounds. Does it really? Yeah, I don't know. He always did. Yeah, he didn't like it was just one of those, especially in CID when this guy was like beyond broken. It was kind of like, why does he also have grievous wounds on his melee weapon? Like on top of everything else, he just randomly has grievous wounds. Rune, what I think is like, I, I do think they got him into a reasonable power level, but like he is real good. He's very, very good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see his model. This guy looks like he'll be really cool to paint. And uh, he's going to show up in a lot of lists. I don't think he's in everything, but like he's, he's real strong. 
Uh, we have Ailish Garrity, the Dark Seeker. Uh, just go find the original version of Ailish that went into CID a long time ago. There you go. Now he's not exactly the same. He's a little different. Very close though. Uh, this is Ailish two. Uh, he has speed six. Uh, none of his stats matter till you get to depth thirteen, armor fourteen, because he doesn't have any weapons. Yep. And he's command five, which I don't think is relevant on this Ailish, but anyway. Uh, arcane pulse when this model is destroyed by an enemy attack enemy upkeep spells on models within eight inches of it expire remember that if it comes up like i don't think you're banking on it but it's a thing um, yeah probably not dark power this model gains an additional die on magic attack and damage rolls discard the lowest die in each roll so he just has a science importance effect on all of his attacks because that's all he has uh, he has Gatewalker. Once per activation, immediately after this model casts a spell, you can place this model anywhere completely within five inches of its current locations. Same rule Ailish 1 has. So he's just keeping up his stuff. Uh, it's pretty good. Yes, um, he also like he also has Reposition 3. And this, this Gatewalker does not end his activation. So he gets basically an eight-inch movement after he casts a spell. So you're actually better off walking and casting a spell than you are running. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's... um. He only gets repo in the theme, right? Yeah, yeah. In Dark Legacy, he gets repo three. Yeah, sorry. I should note that. Yeah, solos, all solos in uh, Dark Legacy have reposition three. So I usually just assume that they have it all the time, but that's not technically true. Because in Hearts of Darkness, he doesn't. Uh, so he has Hex Blast, because that should be on a solo. <laughs> yeah. So he's magic ability seven. He has hex blast. It's a range 10 EOE three pow 13 magic attack. Enemy upkeep spells and anime on the model unit directly hit by hex blast immediately expire. So it's an upkeep out. Um, he's pretty accurate. He can't boost like Alish one can, but he, he has an additional die drop lowest. So it's pretty close. Um, on Agathon's feet turn, he gets another additional die. <laughs> so that's neat. Uh, yeah. So that's an upkeep out. And then he has puppet master just like Alish one. So you can give a model one reroll on an attack or damage roll. And then he's a marked soul. Um, so I pretty much put Alish one right now because Alish two is not out. I pretty much put Alish one in like all of my lists. Yeah. He's just, he's just like he's a marked soul who he's not like the most integral thing in the world. I'm, I'm happy to summon off of him eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having that reroll is just really nice. He's got an upkeep out if you need it, but it's not amazing on Alish one. It's really good against like rebuke, like defensive defensively removing upkeeps. Um, Alish one takes that and lets you do it aggressively. He lets you actually go out and remove arcane shield and things like that. Yes. Uh, which is huge. Yeah, it's really, really good. And with like things like the gate or Amademos's feet or whatever, it can threaten anywhere between like 16 to 20 inches that he can fire it. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, we also happen to have access to a solo with telemetry if you need him to be more accurate. <laughs> so there's that. Which who knows, you might. Yeah, uh, I think this guy's really, really good. Um, he might get edged out sometimes by the more like specific solo, like solos like Runewood, who are like very strong and have a very specific effect on your list. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little more of the like, I've got f- a good five points. I could use just a nice solid model that's going to come up consistently. Or if I really need an upkeep out, which there's not many of in Infernals. So, yeah, so you might. Yeah. Uh, the next one down is Great Princess Regna Gravnoi. His model looks sick. 
Uh, this she is like the most Disney villain model I think they've ever made. Like <laughs> she looks like she looks like straight out of like Snow White or something to me. Um, she's super cool. So she is speed six, mat six, uh, def fourteen, armor fourteen. She has a dagger with a half inch melee that is past rank seventeen. She is a lesser seventeen. Sorry, seven. <laughs> I'm just scaring me for a second there. It's 17. She's coming in to mess up your heavies, <laughs> boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, she's Essence 5 because she's yep. a lesser. She has five boxes and she costs six points. Uh, so she has three spells that all cost three. So enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> um, she will not cast offensive spells often. She has them. She won't use them often. <laughs> Uh, she has oh. dark, dark seduction, uh, take control of target enemy, non-warcaster, non-warlock warrior model, make a full advance followed by a basic attack. Sometimes dark seduction can be absurd, absurd, like absolutely. Yep. If you get it on like a model that has like a spray or something, it has to be a warrior, but like there are some models you can get that on. Or even like, if it's like that champion of the order of the wall that I literally cannot kill, but I need to clear the zone so I can win the game this turn, get out. out of the zone or turn yeah. around. So I'm ignoring his shield or like whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things like dark seductions. It's definitely one of those spells that you're not going to use it all the time, but remember you have it because <laughs> it might become relevant at some point. Um, and I'll do the best one last. She has hellfire. So it's just her, her nuke, which it's a pretty nasty nuke to put on a lesser. It's just expensive. Uh, it's cost three range, 10 pal, 14 models disabled by hellfire. Cannot make a tough roll and are RFP. Yep. So it's a pretty nasty nuke functional um and then she has deceleration because because yep. reasons it's cost three range control so her control is 10 inches while in the spellcaster's control range friendly faction models get plus two armor against ranged attack and ranged and magic attack damage rolls last for one yep. round so just a blanket plus two armor against guns and spells for everything within 10 inches for it's pretty good uh she has a marked soul I don't know what you're doing if you ever summon off of her, but neat. Yep. Uh, Maleficium is her next rule, which I think was a rule on something else, but they just really wanted to use that word. Uh, when this model summons a horror, do not choose a marked soul to be removed from play. Instead, this model spends the essence to summon the horror and the horror is placed base to base with this model. Uh, she has a master infernalist. Um, this is a pretty involved thing that basically says she is not an infernal master. She has all of the rules of an infernal master um she uh can only have light or lessers in her battle group and she can only have one horror in her battle group at a time um and she cannot summon a horror if there already is one for her in play um which is important because she was just printing money in the cia oh before she was just like i summon a shrieker every turn and you just like four rounds in you're like okay this model has created like 40 points of models and you're just like no make it stop yep uh yeah uh she also has blood boon so if you do get her into melee you actually can get her spells off more easily uh and then she has poison so she's a weapon master against living models uh i don't even really know what to say she's real good yeah, she's she's like the thing about her is she took Infernal's main weakness, which was guns, and with her plus Zadaroth, Infernal's is not really weak to guns anymore. Yeah, it's like it's like her plus Zadaroth plus Umble Guardians. Like you can make a list that's so hard to shoot at, like absurdly yeah. difficult to shoot at, and all of those things are good 
against not guns too. Like you just don't use deceleration if you're really not fighting guns and you're just yeah. like, I must shoot a, I don't know, hellfire every so often. Right. Um, and even like the thing is, so she enters play, spends two. If you have a gate to summon a shrieker, shriekers are nine points. You've gained three points just by activating her. Like, yeah, she's just really good. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't. I don't know. It's hard to like go if like she's. There's just really effective stuff on that card. She's a really good lesser. Uh, yeah, use use Regna. She's neat. Yeah, she should be in every list when she's out, right? Like, uh, pretty I can't much. Think of a like, not to. Almost, almost all of my lists have two Umbral Guardians in them, and almost all the time, one Umbral Guardian swaps out for her because it's the same concept, right? It's like this is anti-shooting defensive tech. There right. are certain situations where I could see not using her if you're running, like, so one of the things about her is she does have to pop a living model to get her essence back, the same as the other masters do. So if you're running a really bare bones cultist support like Omodemos, I do that sometimes where I have like just like two max units. That's all I have Um, with your caster and her popping a living model every turn. It can dwindle you pretty badly. There's also a lot of time in Hearts of Darkness where I want to build these like ah two units of cavalry and like a bunch of just big tanky stuff. And then you realize that you have nothing that you want to pop for essence for her. So she does sometimes cost a little more than six points and that you kind of have to work in some other things to like make her function. But usually what you put in also does stuff too. So like, eh. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's usually easy enough to do. Uh, you just have to like, when you build a list with her, take a second to make sure you have enough like living models to kill for essence. Cause it's really easy to build a list and suddenly realize you don't have anything you want to kill. So yeah. Yeah. The next model down is the hermit of Hengehold. So, the Hermit, he works for everybody. Yes. I want to talk about him more specifically with how he functions in Infernals because he is slightly different. Uh, he has just, there's a couple rules that, it, it, his rules don't change, but there's a couple rules that in their text basically work differently depending on whether you're playing Infernals or not. It's basically mm-hmm. what it's down to. I'm looking so he, at my Hermit right now. He's a pretty little model. Nice. Uh, so he's speed five. He's def 11, arm 11. Uh, one of the things that makes him really good in Infernals is he gets reposition three from the theme from Dark Legacy. Yeah, it's one of the best things about him. In it's, Infernals. it's part of the part of the reason that I like him a lot better in Infernals than I do in like most other factions is because a lot of factions are kind of like, oh, it's an armor debuff. I'm like, yes, that threatens 10 inches. Yep. So <laughs> like 13 is very different from 10. Um, although I've seen some really cute stuff like walk him up activate it and then hit him in the back with a trancer so it slams him into the enemy <laughs> or I a love banshee yeah or, or force hammer i'm gonna spend all everything i have on force hammer yeah um i think with like the trancer i think that's cute because it's like three points to have that effect but like some of right. them it's like that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of a lot of resources anyway so his ancient shroud so he's only 11 11 with five boxes but when a damage roll against this model exceeds its arm it suffers one damage point instead of the total rolled uh, this rule has only ever been on the uh, Covenant of Menoth, the book. And it's a really annoying rule on that thing. Uh, and it's just as annoying here. Although at least yeah. he doesn't have gigantic denial effects. So I guess there's that. Um, no, it's got one really good denial effect, but it's only once per game. And not if you're playing Infernals. So True. Um, he is partisan Infernals and partisan Retribution. So he is faction if he's playing either of those because he is an elf. 
Dark Prophecy. When this model is destroyed by an enemy attack, enemy models in its command range lose their essence points, cannot cast spells, channel spells, or be forced for one round. Like, good lord. He's losing like nail, all of but my... good. Yeah, like losing all of my essence <laughs> sounds like it's like I want to cry just thinking about that. It's so bad. Like essence to me is such it's a really good mechanic, but it's so like every bit of it is precious. Like I just can't imagine somehow just forgetting about that rule and losing like 12 essence at once. I'd just be like, oh, especially if all of your cultists have already especially activated. Especially if your cult so is like activated, like you heavies or something. Lose the, yeah, you lose the game. <laughs> like that's yep. real bad. Anyway. Uh, so Mad Visions is a rule he cannot use in Infernals, but as this model can use Mad Visions once per game when a friendly non-Infernal model is hit by an enemy attack. While in this model's command range, the friendly model does not suffer a damage roll from the attack. So this it's is really very, very, it's really really good if you're not playing Infernals. Yes. Yep. But we're talking about Infernals, so. So if you play with James, who works for Infernals but is not partisan. You can use this rule. <laughs> uh, it, uh, yeah. uh, you won't, but you could. Okay. Um, yep. And you can use it on just that model. <laughs> uh, could you also use it on Eilish one? He is partisan. Eilish one is. Oh, yeah, I guess he is. huh? Yeah, they gave him partisan. Mm, so. Fair enough. Uh, so he has magic ability. He has three. He has also a marked soul. Um, yeah. So I actually could see an instance in which you would pop a summon on him. And it's when you've applied his armor debuff, but it's on your own stuff and you want him gone. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of a cute way to do that. Anyway, so magic ability grip of shadows. This model gains telemetry for one round. Uh, so other friendly models gain plus two to magic attack rolls against enemy models in the command range of a model with telemetry. His command is eight. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's an accuracy buff for spells. Um, I think some lists, probably in other factions, will lean on this a little bit, being like, "Hey, I yeah, have the, really uh, easy the circle list with bone, like the bone spellcasting list, just got real dumb." Yeah, um, you'll you might use it with Hagathon, but I don't see using it a ton otherwise. Um, mostly because the other effects are just so good, it's really hard to like. Because the thing is, even with Agathon, one of his other things just gives you an extra essence to boost with in the first place. So it's like, sure. Do you really need this? So I don't know. You might use it occasionally, but it just depends. Um, might be nice for like if you're using Alish to remove like a def buff. Uh, right. It can, can really help help fix accuracy a little bit. But anyway, and also like I mean the the like Dark Sentinels on the cultists all have a nuke. It's very short range, but they're only magic ability six. But getting it to eight, like magic ability eight hex blasts or uh, hex bolts aren't the worst thing ever. Anyway, uh, whispers at the gate. Uh, this model gains Master of Ruin for one round. This is the this is the exact rule that's on the King of Nothing. The King of Nothing, right? It's Master of Ruin. Yeah. Uh, other models, friendly or enemy, suffer minus two armor while within five inches of a model with Master of Ruin. So this is an armor debuff. This guy works for everybody in the game, so that's part of why he made some waves. Um, an armor debuff that works for everybody is is a thing. Uh, I really like it here because you have like. I had a time where I feeded with Amadamos, <laughs> TK'd the hermit two inches. So he TK'd two inches, walked seven, repoed three, and applied this that far. Um, uh, so, it's, so it's a 12 17 inch, walk. inch. Yeah, 17 inch total, 12 inch total movement. Um, Seems okay. Yeah, it makes it a lot more because he's only speed five. So a lot of the time, like a lot, I know a lot of people like there's like some rep players that were like having a meltdown about it because it's like, oh, our guns can hit so hard. I'm like, yes, within 10 inches of the hermit. <laughs> um, 
but if you can send him further and like he because he's partisan red, he can get some buffs there. But like generally speaking, it's going to be a little bit hard to apply. Uh, yeah, he does get repositioned in one of their themes. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and him getting repositioned in Dark Legacy means he's very, very effective here. Um, the last thing, which is just real good, is Word of Ruin. Remove one essence point from each enemy infernal mo- infernal model currently within five inches of this model. I really don't want to fight against the Hermit. That sounds horrible. Uh, <laughs> or, and, well, and add one essence to each friendly infernal model currently within five inches of this model. So a lot of people have thought that this is just like, oh, he's like a super cultist. But it's just add one essence to each friendly infernal model. If including it the masters, us, including the masters, including Ragna. So this guy is and nothing about it stops you from going over cap. You can't go over cap on the horrors because they have the same rule that like Warjacks do, which is essentially like you can only have this much, but right. masters don't have that rule. Um, so you can have Agathon go up to 10 before you do anything. Uh, so this is the second of the three essence fixers basically for your masters yep yep uh so yeah seems pretty good i have to take one moment to switch over to war machine university because my phone is about to die (coughs) yeah uh so yeah so that's pretty much the hermit um i think you will see him in pretty much every infernal's dark legacy list i think you're Uh, gonna see him in almost every list I think you're going to see him in a lot of lists, generally speaking, but like mm, rephrase, you're going to see him in every pair. I don't know why you want to see. Him right. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- probably. Yeah. No, I think that's probably reasonable. Um, so, yeah, it's like just even the like I've had this guy generate like 20 essence in one game for me, and that's sure. Very, very worth it. So, yep. yeah, he's super good. I'm bringing Tunglick in both of my lists and Tunglick yeah. is going to walk and jump and consume to start thinking about how I answer shooting him to death because <laughs> I have to remove him uh, I really right because into infernals he's such a like yeah I think you can work around him a little bit by rethinking your the timing of when your cultists go in because a lot of the time, like if you're more willing to load things up ahead of time, then send them in and drop them to one. So then they tithe down to zero. So the hermit isn't as painful and then use the cultist the next turn to try to load things up again. But like it feels a lot better when you can preload as much as possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, the last of the essence fixers is Lord Roge de Viaros. Um, he is it a is, Roger? I don't it's, know. Man. It's French, isn't it? It's got to be Roger. I don't speak French. Um, I refuse to. It's not that I. It's not that I don't know how to. I just refuse to. <laughs> no. uh, anyway, he has a caster attachment uh, or master attachment, I guess. Uh, so when you put him in your list, you attach him to your infernal master. He's magic ability seven. Uh, he is a marked soul, and he has an amazing rule called willing vessel. So when you yes. use him as your marked soul to summon a horror. You don't have to spend any essence points to summon the horror. So he is yes. your he's your freebie. He's your once per game. I need to use my essence to do other things this turn. So a lot of the time that's the biggest turn Agatha like it's probably Agathon's feet turn a lot of the time. Yeah. Where you're gonna be most of your like a, just a big load of spell casting all at once. Um Zadaroth, it's whenever you decide to cast one of your upkeeps, because they're really hard to cast. Um 
And Omodemos is usually the turn that I feed as well. It's generally it's I'm going to load up on a whole bunch of souls, go murder something, summon a horror for free off of uh, Diviaros and camp seven <laughs> or whatever. Um, his weapons are he has a black iron blade. This is a half inch melee PS 10. It's magic. That's it. <laughs> yep. And his two spells are harmonious exaltation. So super good. Uh, you reduce the cost of a spell by one in spell slave, which uh, seems great, but there's like a couple of okay nukes and one spell that's spell slavable in the whole faction. Yeah, it's and that's good. and it's ghost walk, which is nice. Like spell saving ghost walk is great. Yes, but um, like if you need to cast ghost walk in that moment, it is better than harmonious exaltation because that saves you more essence. But generally speaking, you're going to harmonious exaltation every turn and then pop this guy for a free horror. And that's yeah. like, he's honestly, he's really boring, but just really effective. And I wish I had his model now. Cause yep. Yep. Yeah. He's just, I'm going to walk harmonious exaltation and eventually be a free horror. And that's pretty much what he does every turn. So yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. So I'm not going to I'm not going to talk about the solos that have been around forever. We have Orin one, Alish one. They've been around a long time. Yep. People, people. Uh, so next one down, Nisia, Hound of the Abyss. She's not great. So, yeah, sorry. Nisi 2. So she is a lot like Nisi 1. She's a little bit better, but has the same problems that Nisi 1 does. Um, so she is speed 7. She's mat 7, rat 7, which is great. She's def 16, which is great. She's armor 12, which is not so great. Uh, she has 5 boxes. She only costs 4, which is fine. So she has advanced deployment. She has parry. She has pathfinder. She has stealth. <laughs> she has acrobatics. And she has marked soul. And she has quick work and run and gun. She has a lot of rules. Lots of rules. Yes. So when she kills models with melee attacks, she can make ranged attacks. If she destroys an enemy with a ranged attack at the end of her activation, she can make a full advance. She can move through models. She has stealth. She has pathfinder. Ignores free strikes. All that good stuff. Her weapons are two half-inch melee PS8 Weapon Master Blades, which is not fantastic. <laughs> no, I mean, they're really tens if you want them to be, because you know desolators but sure yeah but i mean if you're charging something you're wanting to quick work and that's probably not on something that you apply to desolator to that didn't Fair already die. um i don't think you're going to use these very she's mostly going to hang out far away from things and shoot um her gun is death song it's a 12 inch pow 13 gun um i think uh, uh warm machine university is missing the fact that it is an aoe3 gun Yep. Good to know. I remember that from the card. Uh, it, it, yep. uh, it is a magic weapon. It has luck, which is great. So when it misses an attack roll, it can reroll it once. And it has a devour soul. When uh, she destroys a living model and a living enemy model with this weapon and generates a soul token, you choose which model with the soul taker ability uh, gains the soul token. Yeah, they're using the CID version for her because this it says in her command range, but it doesn't have to be in her command range anymore. Uh, regardless of proximity of other models. So basically she can net you like a soul or if the AOE kills something, a soul or two off of uh, things. But like 
I've played enough Nisia one. <laughs> yeah. To right. know that like that Matt seven rat seven will just kill you sometimes. And like, she'll just die to blast sometimes. And like, I don't know. I, I don't think this gun is that effective. I do think I'll take her occasionally. Um, Zadaroth, you can play her with black spot and potentially shoot multiple times, which you can which actually get real some, good. Yeah. Get some good souls with that. Um, I could see maybe playing her with like cross two. Yeah, uh, just because she can give him souls. But I don't know. For the most part, uh, I don't think she's super interesting. Um, I think, however, she is Nisia, which means I will just figure out ways to play her anyway. <laughs> but uh, you do have a rather strange love for that model. Wonderful. Uh, I, I like her style. She just doesn't always play out very well. But um, I don't know. Like, I think she'll be OK. She's not going to be great. She's not a powerhouse by any means. Uh, we have Saxon Auric, who's a partisan. I'm not going to talk about him right now. Uh, we have the Wretch. Wretches have been the model that have just grown on. Like, I already liked, I thought they were fine, and they've just grown on me every time I've used them. Cause They're really good. They have this great, just little mess of rules that, like, at least one of them will come up, like, every game, and it's great. Uh, so, Wretches are speed six. Um, they're map four, which I'm only mentioning because, strictly speaking, they have a melee attack. Do they really? do it's called okay. curse touch it's half inch it is ps5 and it causes corrosion yay all that all their melee attack is i don't even know why they have one i have corroded a model with it once they took a free strike so that was neat anyway um they are def 13 armor 11 which is real bad <laughs> and uh command eight uh five hit points and they only cost four points which is nice so they have stealth which is awesome they have Entropic Force, which is extra awesome. Uh, while within five inches of this model, enemy models lose tough, cannot be healed or repaired. Uh, yep, that rule's it's good. Really, really good. I've used it to stop like regeneration on Ravagers. Stopping tough on things is amazing. Um, you can make it so Clockatrices don't rip, don't like heal at the start of the turn. Um, lots of weird ways you can use Entropic Force, and it's just a very, very nice rule to have. And the fun thing is, is they can they can walk six and repo three, so you can still use your other things and and apply Entropic Force if you really want to, uh, and still apply it pretty far out. Uh, their magic ability six, and they are marked souls, which is fun. I believe they are the only non-character marked souls. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, I believe every other marked soul is a is like a character solo because they have a ton of character solos. Um, so their spells that they have is they have ancillary attack. It only works on horrors, which is of note if you're playing Hearts of Darkness. You cannot ancillary attack warjacks, even though that would be amazing. It would be dumb, and you know it. I would play it and protector it, and I would get my ancillary attack back. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like playing Mark II protector it almost. Yeah, sort of. Anyway, yeah. So target friendly faction horror makes a basic melee or range attack. A horror can be targeted by ancillary attack once per turn. So um, you can do some kind of fun stuff with this. I've done things like summon Desolator, Ancillary attack it to spray stuff, then walk Desolator away because it doesn't mm-hmm. actually have an attack action, stuff like that. Um, ancillary, ancillary attack is very weird if you're playing Omodemos. Understanding how Ancillary attack works with Synergy can be a little confusing sometimes. Because <laughs> um, the thing about Synergy is Synergy, you only get the bonus for every other model in the battle group that hits something so you can use ancillary attack to increase the synergy chain out of activation but that model will not gain its own benefit to the synergy chain so you have to bookkeep that a little bit and just remember who applied what 
Yeah, um, it's probably good though, because like it's fine. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. It's just it's good to know how that works. Um, yeah, it's kind of intuitive, but not at the same time. Depending on how you think about it, you just have to remember it. And once you've gotten synergy up to like plus three or whatever, if you have something else make an extra attack, you can then apply the full plus three to the model that got the ancillary attack in the first place. It's just kind of you just have to remember yeah. remember to account for that. Um, it has Invocation of Bitterest Night, which is 100% a Hungerford rule, just because that's what he names things, is stuff like that. I mean, it's basically Execration of Blackest Night with slightly different words, Pretty right? much, yeah. So uh, this wretch gains Black Mantle for one round. So Black Mantle is while base to base with a model with Black Mantle, friendly faction models gain stealth. Uh, I use rule. this rule all the time. Uh, it's my go-to for when I don't know what else to do with them. <laughs> and it's also, like, literally, I'll just be like, uh, heal Invocation, walk reposition three and now these two cultists have stealth like i will genuinely do that because why not um but sometimes like a lot of the time i have hawk standing right next to my caster with a wretch hanging out like stuck in between the two of them uh mm -hmm. to just give them both stealth it's just a nice little kind of bubble of hey you can't really shoot these unless you ignore stealth um it's just a really nice rule you can apply stealth to a lot of rain i've actually had times where it's like i'm approaching and literally my whole battle group is stealth so can you apply it to enemy models too uh, it says friendly faction. Okay, because if you could <laughs> applying it using it as like a line of sight remover. <laughs> well, actually, that wouldn't work because like grievers have eye of sight. But you know, yeah. in general, yeah. I guess yeah. in like hearts of darkness, you could do it with some things. That'd be funny. Anyway, uh, the last thing is a spell that's not great till it is <laughs> is flies kiss. Uh, this is a range eight pow twelve nuke. Uh, if this attack boxes a living or undead model, center a four inch AOE on the box model, then RFP the target. Uh, models in the AOE are hit and suffer an unboostable POW 10 corrosion damage roll that is not considered to have been caused by an attack. So it's magic ability six and it's only range eight. So it's range isn't amazing and it's not super accurate, but sometimes when you connect it, it's real silly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've, I've killed like four or five troops with it before. And it's just like your little four point solos just having a great time. Um, yeah. It's even better if this old soccer is just sort of hanging out there. Yeah. Um, I also want to note that if you play them in Hearts of Darkness, they get an extra spell, uh, which is that which does not kill you. Uh, when an attacker destroys one or more enemy models in this model's command range, you can remove D3 damage points from a friendly model in this model's command range. This lasts for oh, one Interesting. Time. I, yes. I don't think I realized that. So, yeah, there's only in Hearts of Darkness they gain that rule. And I believe the original intention for that was it was the fix for Lucas in Hearts well, of Darkness. Yeah. He really needed access to healing. What's funny is that they then added Alice, meaning that um, he has an enormous amount of healing <laughs> right. in that theme now, and it's actually really cool for him. I, I think he's super interesting in Hearts of Darkness. Uh, but yeah, it's important to note that that uh, that wretches have that they have the ability to heal stuff around you. Uh, it could be interesting for like like a Howler recursion list. You can try to get their health back, things like that. Sure, or like say, you play a Bastion Swarm with a Seneschal. And... Yep, yeah, yeah, I've thought about it with Bastions as well. Uh, it, it takes some very specific positioning, um, and it's not always going to be great because you'd have to kill stuff to make it like apply in a certain range, but um, mm. it's a rule they have. So, yeah. Uh, the other, and it's funny, I'm looking, because I'm now seeing them in this list, there are only two non-character solos in the faction. <laughs> it's Umbral Guardians, and it's those Wretches guys? and Umbral Guardians, yep. yeah. So Umbral Guardians are great. Um, they are speed six, mat seven. These are medium base solos. 
Def 13, their armor 16, but they have a buckler. So 17 from the front usually. Yep. They have eight boxes. They cost six and they're FA3. Uh, so they are soulless. They have defensive strike with their, uh, it's a two inch melee PS 11 magical weapon master spear. Or I guess you could defensive strike with the half inch melee PS 10 magic buckler, but probably won't. I, I don't know why it would. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, maybe if you really did not, you're like, I have to make this attack, but I really don't want to kill the thing. I don't know how that would apply, but whatever. Anyway, they have ghostly, which is really easy to forget. And a lot of people don't realize they have ghostly, but they have ghostly and that's great. I have charged them through buildings before and it's wonderful. Yep. Um, so the thing that makes them particularly unique, they rule called shadow guardian. So how shadow guardian works is you can choose not to deploy umbra guardians at the start of the game. Uh, so you just don't put them on the table, basically. If it is not deployed normally, you can put it into play when a friendly non-umbral infernal model is directly hit by an enemy attack. Ranged attack. Enemy ranged attack, sorry. Yeah, if it's just any attack, that'd be a thing. Place this umbral guardian completely within three inches of the hit model. Umbral Guardian is automatically hit by the ranged attack instead of the model originally hit and suffers all damage and effects. So and it works on sprays. Works on sprays, yeah. It is just a super shield guard that you just jump them into play to eat a hit, basically. And then they can shield guard. And then they game. have the rule shield guard, which is separate from Shadow Guardian. So if they live, they can shield guard a second shot. However, that one is a regular shield guard, so it doesn't stop sprays and things like that. Yeah. It's also pretty likely that they live because a boosted POW 14 is only like a low 50% Honestly, chance to kill it. Honestly, I swear to you, they die every time well yeah naturally because <laughs> why not but i've been laughing about that like every time i'm like it'll be fine it's like an unboosted you know like it's it's an unboosted like 14 or whatever and it's like box cars you're like ow <laughs> you're like i mean at least your your other thing didn't take that right right it's great but I, something about my home guardians just like and this isn't even like if I track this, I, I usually I do not fall prey to the, the dicer trying to get me thing very often. I'm telling you, every time these things take an attack, it's like the max damage they can possibly roll. I don't know why, but whenever you do get that second shield guard or it stays in play and you get to charge afterwards, it's really good. Uh, these things make up their points like in spades if they actually get to use all their rules. Yeah. Um, I usually feel like okay about them at six points, just doing the one shadow guardian. But if they get their shield guard on top of that, uh, Money, super good. Yeah. And if they get to charge, it's absurdly good. Cause they are a weapon master that you can, you can buff their damage. They, they can, they, they can defensive strike. strike. They have defensive that's strike. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, I've done things like even just shield guarding kind of small attacks, like jumping them in off that just to be like, okay, now you're heavy. That was going to charge into me. It has to eat a defensive strike or whatever. Uh, which some heavies don't like that turns out poor warwolves so the last solo is definitely not arthas valenhawk the fallen knight i mean he's less arthas than fazil is so that's true uh so he is a cavalry model he's not a dragoon though uh he's speed eight he is mat eight def 13 armor 18 which is great he's command 10 he has 10 boxes and he costs seven points uh, he has tough, which is fantastic. Does he, he really? He does. Wow. <laughs> it's, 
he's like the only tough model in the faction, and I don't know why he has tough, but he other does. than uh, Howlers, yeah, other than Howlers, yeah, yeah. I forget they exist because we haven't had them. <laughs> no, they're really good. He has Brothers Keeper. While in this model's command range, friendly infernal models cannot become knocked down or stationary. Yep, it's real good. It's real strong. Yep. The immunity to knockdown is amazing, and then the immunity stationary, when it comes up, you'll feel very good about it. Uh, there are certain, like, matchups that this just ruins, like, Gorshade 3, or Gorshade 4 is, like, great. Yeah, Borka 2 is <laughs> real unhappy about it as well. Sorcia 1, uh, any, Sorcia 1 slightly less so, because at least that's an offensive effect, so you can at least try to kill him before you feed, but um, when it's those ones like Gorshade, where it's like, I'll just walk him up and I'm immune to your feet now. Right. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, Marked Soul. I have never summoned off of Hawk, but I could see doing it in the far late game. There's a point where Brothers Keeper and Ten, these other real tactician, aren't the most important thing in the world where you might do it, but I, it's not going to happen very often. Yeah. Uh, he's a really, he's a nice kind of just late game thing to have around. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I could see things where it's like charge, kill the thing in the zone, reposition into the zone, summon Literally, a horse for my yeah, last point. Like, yeah. Or like he's in a position where he will die. I may as well give him the, you know, extra one point of armor and 15 boxes or whatever mm-hmm. uh, that comes with being a horror. So, yeah. Uh, he has Tactician Infernal. It's just the faction. So, this is the only effect that is that broad in the entire game, I believe, correct? Uh, I mean, there are things that are just faction, but like, yeah, I mean, tech, there's no tactician. That's just everything. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm referring to specifically as tactician. Yeah, uh, yeah usually tactician uh, like specifies something about as broad as tactician has ever gotten is like faction warrior model, mm-hmm. which is like Adrak. Madrak, yeah. Um, usually it's even more specific than that. It'll be like Trencher or Exemplar or things or like that. Wolf Sworn or whatever. Sworn. He has literally everything, which means your horrors can move through your other models and your other models can move through your horrors. And, and in Hearts of Darkness, and everything is an infernal model. So. Yeah, so everything gets Tactician. Um, a bunch of countercharging Tormentors standing behind a screen that they ignore for line of sight and movement is really annoying. <laughs> Honestly, as much like it's funny because it, this understanding why a tactician is so good takes a little bit of experience, I think. Yes. And it's it's almost funny to say that like a rule that looks this benign, I think, might be the only thing in the faction I genuinely think edges on the realm of being a bit much. <laughs> it is real, real, real good. Yeah, and it, boy, it's a huge part of the faction strength. When you've played about 30 games in a row with Hawk and you play a game without Hawk, it feels like very weird. You're like, oh, I have to go around my models. Yeah, I, I expect it like, doesn't actually make your positioning game very any better. You don't but have yeah, to, like, you just forget. This. Like you don't have to do you don't have to care anymore, right? Like as long as he's around, you just stop caring. And so like I don't know, in the long term, you could say whether or not using him is a good thing. But at the end of the day, he's really, really good. He applies like the only time I haven't put him in a list is is in this Sloan list I'm running. That's like all guns and light jacks that just really don't need tactician for anything. Right. Um, the thing that I would like it for is Brothers Keepers. Nice, but like it's just not really relevant. Yeah, he's just like he kind of just stands there. 
I think that's probably my only like gripe with him from like a, a design perspective and a lot of routes is he doesn't like do anything turn by turn. You just you just run him to a location. Um, right. That said, usually somewhere in the kind of mid to late game, he will charge something eventually. And he's a he's a reasonable he's a reasonable offense. Uh, he has a yeah. great sword with a two inch melee. PS 14's magical and he has brutal charge. So it's a PS 16 on the charge you can get a little higher than that with buffs. Then the mount is power strength 12 and it's magical. Because so, why not? Yeah, most people wouldn't think so, but his horse can impact the incorporeal stuff if you really want. Uh, he's just very, very good. Uh, tactician on all your stuff is, it feels like a cheat code. Like, yeah. <laughs> in some respects, you're just, you're just like, oh, I can just ignore this part of the game, kind of. He, he's one of those models that playing against Infernal so far, I've been constantly going, can I kill him? Can I kill him yeah. now? And can often, I kill him now? Honestly... Usually the answer is not really. No, no, <laughs> like, still just, no, no. He can be far enough back that at like 13, 18 with like, oftentimes it's like Zadaroth's feet turn. There's a couple Umber Guardians, like whatever. He's got tough and he's steady all the time. Like he's just going to be kind of hard to scalpel out unless he moves really forward. Uh, yeah. So Or you do things like dedicate a clock at Teresa's life. Yeah you, got, yeah, you have to put something like pretty extreme into him. Um, yeah, and he's like just tanky enough that usually like one thing won't quite do it, or it's at least like iffy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's all the solos. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about crows cutthroats; they've been around forever. However, prey with them is great. So I'm gonna play yep. Vagabond. They're neat. We already talked about cultist bands in the first one because they seemed relevant to talk about early on. Uh, sure. so I'm gonna just knock out the last couple things, which is Griever swarms. It's one of them. It's basically the two main soulless units. Griever Swarms. A unit I didn't think I would use as much as I do. Because uh, they're actually really good. So Also, you don't have a lot of choice. I don't have a lot of choice. They're the only like yeah faction unit I really have. So they're Speed 7, which is great. Uh, Rat 5, which is less great. They're Def 13, Armor 12, which is pretty bad. <laughs> um, they're Command 8. They have one hit point because they're just a 10-man unit. Uh, the unit sizes are 6 or 10 and they cost 8 or 14 for a min or max unit and they're FA2 so Which is Grievers good, I actually think like 3 of those units would be I actually think they'd dumb. be at FA3 yeah I thought that too I think FA2 is the right spot for them where they're not going to get kind of overwhelming because um, there are some lists where I think like if they're like FAU like I would run like 4 units in like s- certain kinds of lists and I actually think it'd be pretty nasty mm-hmm Anyway, uh, they have combined ranged attack. So, Big deal. Yep, it's really, really good. So there's a couple different ways I've generally run this unit. A lot of the time with like a 10-man unit, you're going to be doing a lot of like two-man CRAs. So you kind of get them to like rat 7, pow 14 area. Um, I've run a lot of double min unit, which usually just either walks up and does two three-mans or one six-man <laughs> CRA into things. And they turn into more of a scalpel that way. But yeah, you, it's, I mean, CRA is just a very versatile rule. You can do a lot with it. Um, Isla Sight on Isla Sight on a ten man shooting unit is just really good, like especially one that actually does pretty decent damage. Yeah, uh, like Hollow Men really like it. Yeah, they're actually like really comparable to Hollow Men in a lot of ways because their their speed seven and Hollow Men have uh, apparition and our speed five. They're both range ten. They both have Isla Sight. They're both shooting not pow tens, which is relevant. They both have CRA. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. a similar. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that's kind of funny is, is a just an amusing thing about Grievous Worms. They have a lot of rules, but the back of their card is blank. <laughs> All their rules are on the front of the card. Uh, Cause it's Isla Sight, which is an icon flight, which is great, which is an icon gunfighter. Also an icon solace. Also an icon. Uh, the gun is a 10 inch pow 12. It's called void fire, but it is not fire typed. It is magical. It's a laser beam. According to the it's art, a, it's a laser beam. Yeah. And it is it has critical continuous fire, which is actually kind of neat. Um, it's not amazing, but I've had it come up against like tough things sometimes. You just randomly sure. get crits. Just remember you have it and throw that fire down. Uh, that's really it with this unit. Like they're they're a fairly basic CRA unit, but flight plus Isles sight. It's pretty yeah, good. They're really good. The, the downside is is CRA has a tendency to make units kind of clump up and they die to blast damage hard. Uh, but they aren't too expensive. You can buff them up a little bit, and then they take buffs really well. Like, I think the unit on its own is kind of all right, but if you can stack them up with anything else, like a damage buff, an accuracy buff, they yeah. get to a good place. You love the Hermit with these guys, because... Yeah, Herm- yeah hermit-, hermit being able to reduce armor in just a big aura around him is really good. Um, you can run with, like, Zadaroth for Black Spot. You could just blend troops with that, like, really yeah. easily. Um, Agathon has Curse of Shadows, so you can get them to do very good damage values. And then, like, they have a ton of applications in Hearts of Darkness. Right. Uh, like, Yora 3 can get them to POW 15 very easily. Well, Agathon uh, can I... get them to POW 18 pretty trivially, too, yeah, which is like that, silly. Yeah. With, with, yeah, like, in doing that with, like, single target kind of stuff, it's just pretty, and you do CRAs on top of that, they, they get, they get pretty gross. Um, so you can get them to where they're, they're actually threatening stuff pretty hard. Uh, I've usually used them as just a scalpel for applying, uh, Zadaroth's Rites of Torment Warpath. Yep. Uh, and they're great for that. But and their cost is really is very competitive. Uh eight fourteen yeah. feels very reasonable for them. Um I don't think they're like I don't think this is like an amazing unit, but they're solid and they take buffs well. Uh or more like they take debuffs well. Uh, and Infernals have a bunch of those. Yeah. So So I feel like Griever Swarms take putting debuffs on enemies really, really well. Howlers take putting buffs on them very, very well. They're, uh, they're just, yeah. Howlers are a unit that I have kind of put out of my mind for a while because we just haven't even, we've, like, I think we just finally, like, saw a bit of a 3D render of one that Doug Hamilton was showing around. Yep. Like, we don't know when we're seeing these things. I would expect January at this point. Yeah. I Or December. I, but... I, Feel in December, but I was also feeling November before we got November's list, so I don't know. All bets are off. Because uh, this unit is very good. Like I, It's funny playing with so many of these things not out. It's like I've been playing with my hands tied behind my back, and I already feel like the faction's very versatile and strong. It's going to feel real wild when I have access to actually everything. Uh, so, Howlers. They are speed 5. They're mat 7. They're def 12, armor 17. They're command 8, and they have 8 boxes each. Uh, that, that unit size is very important. Yes, the unit size. Yeah, if they had five boxes, I don't actually think this unit would be very good. Um, it'd be like just in the realm of like, Ugh. but uh, of course they'd probably be cheaper at that point. Uh, unit size is three or five models. This is a heavy infantry unit, so they're medium based, and their cost is nine for min unit, fifteen for max unit, and they're FA two. Uh, they have Isla Sight. So they're a melee unit, meaning Isla Sight is is a little less relevant. But uh, being, able to, uh, being able to being able to ignore clouds is really really good. Yep, and they cannot suffer blind 
for the random time. Yeah, that's actually really good too. Yeah. Uh, Especially like I, Morgul two is just in the realm of where I think I might see him in tournaments occasionally. And, um, a lot of this faction ignores blind. So he really doesn't want to see that. Uh, there's soulless, which is relevant for a couple things. Uh, they have tough, which stacked on top of brother's keeper to make them steady. They're just really annoying. Um, They have Berserk. When this model destroys one or more models with a melee attack during his combat action, immediately after the attack is resolved, it must make an additional melee attack against another model in its melee range. So they will infantry blend. You just have to be a little careful to not hit each other (laughs) or your other things. But uh, yeah, as as long as they're killing stuff, they're just going to keep killing stuff. Um, I think to consistently infantry blend, they want a little bit of a map buff. Map 7 is fine, but not amazing. Uh, Yeah, if if you like (laughs) Black Spot and Berserk, uh, because I need to do way too much stuff. Um, Or in Hearts of Darkness, running them with like Sevi Zero, Insight, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, They have Bloodthirst. When it charges a living model, this model gains two inches of movement. Super relevant. So against living models, 12 inch base threat before Mm -hmm. anything else. But then they have Vengeance. So if you damage one of them at the beginning of your turn, they get to make a three inch advance and an attack. Uh, Note, Berserk does not apply to Vengeance attacks. (laughs) Because it has to be during your activation, right? Combat action. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but that's an additional three inches of movement if you try to shoot at them or something. So that takes them to a 15-inch baseline There are threat. very few units that I would want to shoot at less than this unit. Right. <laughs> You're like, I don't want these. It's like, they're just below Ravager. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They have an Impaler, which is just an enormous sword. Uh, Two-inch melee, PS13, it's magical, and it has Grievous Wounds. Yep. Yep. So the downsides to this unit. 1217 is okay. Not amazing. PS13 mat 7 is fine for infantry mulching, but not a ton else. But you can buff that up quite a bit. Uh, there's a number of different ways you can kind of apply these guys. Omodemos really likes them because uh, they take locked horns really well. Yeah, uh, that makes them armor 19 uh, in melee, which with eight boxes is pretty reasonable. Um, the, yes. So part of the reason that eight boxes is very is pretty important is that's kind of a range where like, especially if you apply something like um, basically it's eight boxes, to the point where at armor 17, a boosted pow 12 does not kill them consistently, which at five boxes, a boosted pow 12 will often kill you. Uh, yes. you're, you're coin flipping at that point, but eight boxes you need you need more than that. Uh, stack on top of that unyielding from locked horns, uh, deceleration from Regna, uh, a couple of umbral guardians for shield guards, things like that. They can be very very hard to actually attack. Um, and so the main things that you really are kind of needing to fix is going to be their mat and their pow, and that's not terribly hard to do. Mat is maybe a little harder in Dark Legacy because uh, mm-hmm. your options are black spot. <laughs> And that's yeah. it. So they're just a very Mat 7 expensive unit uh, if you're not using that. Um, but uh, with 
uh, Hearts of Darkness in particular, especially like Fiora 3, I've thought about them quite a bit. And then obviously you can buff their damage a lot if you want to. We have Desolators, we've got Curse of Shadows, Scything Touch, uh, the Hermit, um, it's a bunch of options. Um, yeah, you, you can you can pretty easily get them like at least like a plus four to be like yep. PS17, which like a bunch of PS17 things kill heavies. So it's true. Turns out. Yep. And then they have Grievous Wounds, which means that like just Clockatrices do not want to get charged by these things. Like not once you start much. once you start carving out stuff, like anything that can't heal, like beasts or things like that, you can actually apply less of them than you would expect and get a lot of work out of it. Because as soon as Grievous Wounds is applied, they can't really do much. Yep. So Yep. That's everything in Infernals. Woo! Well All models. The main faction. Yes, I'm not talking about Herds of Darkness. That's too much. Yes, I agree. Fuse. So, in the interest of finishing this up, I'm going to go to our ending stuff. Because that seems good. So, I want to give a big thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, that's been doing pretty great lately. I just got my tickets for Attack X, my flight anyway. And that's pretty much off the back of you guys helping out. I love it. Thank you so much. And uh, like we said, if you want to submit lists or pairs or things like that for us to talk about, you can absolutely do that through like the Discord, through our email, through whatever you want to do, uh, through messages. doesn't really matter too much. Uh, and yeah, we want to do that kind of a thing. Uh, if you do go to our Discord, uh, make sure to let us know if you are on the Patreon because yep. we have a special color we'll put on you that has access to some things. And yeah, uh, what's well, it's late. Thanks to uh, Broken Egg Games for their support. I glanced at their thing. I think the only thing new they've really got going on is there's like an enormous health tracker. <laughs> yeah, which is really cool though. Yeah, it looks like it's got like, it's like, he has it listed. It shows 60 on it. I don't know if it goes higher than that, but. Um, I think it's got like a 10 on the inside and then like probably yeah. up to 100 on the other side. Yeah. So, so that's, I don't know how often you would use something like that for War Machine specifically. But uh, it's useful for a number of uh, different games. Uh, Yeah, you could definitely use on battle engines. That's true. Um, Yeah, stuff like that with a with a more linear health pool that you don't have to track super closely. Um, So, yeah, that's what they've got going on. I'm hoping that they'll show off the infertile tokens soon. I imagine that they'll have them by Warfare Weekend. I can't imagine they wouldn't be there. So, yeah, uh, if you do go to Broken Egg Games, you can use the code LOS5CODE to get 5% off everything on the Broken Egg store. Also, big thanks to Tyson for sponsoring us. Um, I've got a couple pictures that went up uh, of my Infernal Gate that also has my Grievers, and I think that picture as well, that are using the bases that he made uh, that I painted up, and I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of those going forward. So check that out on our page. Also, the Smoke uh, Trails. And also the Smoke Trails as well, which yeah. my Griever Swarms are on. I also just got my Minuteman Trails. And I actually think I'm going to have a couple of those trails to raffle off. Uh, uh, he sent me a bunch of them. <laughs> so I ordered three. I ended up with more than that. I expect that's that was his intention. Uh, so, yeah, we I, we haven't figured out a method by which to do that, but we just figured it'd be something we might do. Uh, but they, yeah, the minute there are trails for smoke trails for Minutemen and Siege 2, which mm-hmm. just became kind of relevant around like Signar players have liked the Sloan 5x5 anyway for a while, but uh, it's becoming more relevant with Hearts of Darkness. A lot of people are picking up Sloan and Minutemen and stuff like that. They're super cool. Uh, I'm going to be getting those painted up soon. I have some Dark Legacy stuff to finish first, but and I'll be able to put those up. If you do want to check his stuff out, go to figurepainters.com. He's got all kinds of really cool stuff on there. Lots of resin bases and all kinds of wacky stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Go to our website, which is LOS War Machine. You can see all of our uh, articles, podcasts, uh, the other casts that we uh, host and everything like that. Twitter is at LOS underscore Chandler, at LOS underscore Jaden, and at ChokeObsessed underscore LL. We lost, I'm sure, assuming people, this was clear to people, we lost Brett a very long time ago. Yep. Uh, it's very, Brett was very a tired boy. Yep. Yeah, he messaged us and said he was out. So he ran out of steam. Uh, you can find our email, which is uh, LOSWarmHordes at gmail.com. Facebook is line of sight. You see everything we've got going on. And you can message any of us on Facebook individually. Or Discord. Generally. Or Discord. Yep, on that. So yeah. anyway, this has been very long. Indeed. I'm going to go pack. Sounds good. See you later. Thank you.